Again. Step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch. 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 Right. That connects with turn, turn, out, in, touch, step, step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch. Got it? Going on. And turn, turn, touch, down, back, step, pivot, step, walk, walk, walk. Right. Let's do the whole combination facing away from the mirror. From the top. A five, six, seven, eight. Everybody has stretched out their muscles, maybe uh, done some warm-ups, if you will, because today it's going to be a um, a very physical episode, is it not, Christine? Um, I've been doing pirouettes and stuff to practice. You damn well better have, because otherwise... turns and dips, I don't know, dance stuff. <laughs> well, you <laughs> could have fooled me with all of that. <laughs> I'm Emily, that's Christine... We are talking about dance movies today, but in order to do that, we couldn't, I mean, like, I couldn't dip. yeah, I mean, Christine can dip in pirouette, and I can kind of jeté, but that's, that's not enough compared to what our special guest star can do on a dance floor, and our special guest star, please introduce yourself. I am Jason, and I am limbering up my gams right now. All right, now, I'm sorry, I should have phrased that as, I want your name, I want your stage name, I want your age, I want where you're from. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> all right, my name is Jason. Uh, uh-huh. My stage name is Fozzie. Um, I grew up on a houseboat in Peru. Oh, okay. Mm. And what was the last question? Uh, the last question, <laughs> note, I, I like how you avoided it, is your age. Oh, it's the year of the chicken. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it doesn't work as well if you're not Asian, but oh well. Uh, So what are the movies that we're covering today? A.K.A. Christine's new favorite movies of all time. (laughs) Who are you asking? I've purged it from my mouth. (laughs) J.K. Oh, my. We're covering the red shoes and a chorus line. Yeah, is there a question are. mark at the end of the title? That's the name of the movie. I don't know. I couldn't retain it. I kept calling it like the the something something. I could never remember. Very, had you very really never seen it? Never seen it. Wow. Yes. And Jason, you had seen a chorus line many times, correct? A million times. A million. I have the soundtrack. I know every word. Mm-hmm. I went and saw the stage production when they did the revival. I sat next to the original Connie in a Chinese restaurant one time. Oh my God, you did not tell me that. Oh, I didn't. It was so. I was with my friend Jonah, who's a complete. Oh, he's probably listening to this, uh, but Hi, he's a he, he's a show queen, um, and he knows you know he knows who played who and who originated what role and this and that. And we were at uh, Ollie's up on the Upper West Side one time, just having R. lunch. R.I.P. Ollie's. Uh, you, you know, it's not there anymore. It used to I be think right they there. Burned down or something. Yeah, they've they've changed. I know they changed locations, but it was the one at like eighty fifth mm-hmm. across from the movie theater. Um, or 84th and uh, anyway we're sitting there and Jonah kind of like taps me and like nods his head and like over and I look over and there's this little Asian woman sitting there and I'm like oh who is that is that Ollie I don't know who that is <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's like I'll tell you later and then she finally gets up and leaves and I was like well who was that he said that was the woman who originated the role of Connie in a chorus line on in the, Broadway in the movie or on, on Broadway on Broadway oh, man. and he knew that that's impressive yeah 
So, so uh, that's my my closest connection to a that's chorus line. Damn close. I but can't I believe he didn't make some kind of like, excuse me, uh, you don't look white. Are you always Wong? <laughs> you know, like just something. Exactly. If I had known, I definitely would have said something. You because would have, yeah. Connie's fantastic, but yeah. Um, and I saw the, I did see the revival. Did you see the revival? I did but, actually. Yeah, with um Charlotte D'Ambois. Yeah, Black Sheila. With Black Sheila, who was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, she was great. She was so good. So this is a movie that's near and dear to my heart. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's one that I discovered as a little kid. We'll totally talk about it later, yep. but I had to come on this episode just because, like, I discovered it on cable as a little kid, and Aww. it was just like, it was made for me. Like, everything about that movie was just, like, speaking to my soul, yeah. and I couldn't get enough of it. I like the idea that it was, to you, what the Red Shoes is to some of the characters <laughs> in Chorus Line. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. So, and this was a show I'd wanted to do, like, forever, because I... She hates me. Because I <laughs> love Christine and wanted to bring dance Aww. and artistry into her life. I wanted to bring Terrence Mann in a leotard into her life. Sue me, I'm a terrible human being, okay? No, that's the one thing you did right in all of this. Oh, he is pretty sexy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm way more sexy than Michael Douglas in a V-neck, if you ask Ugh. me. Yeah, right? We'll get there. I, as a yeah. kid, though, I might have thought differently. But nowadays, yeah, I know where it's at. Um, but so I always wanted to pair these two movies together because there is like a direct influence and in everything. Um, and I knew we needed Jason to, so that I can help. Um, so that I could have like the reverse of when I have Erica on and Eric and Christine agree and hate everything I like. I'm like, this time I'm going to have Jason on. He's going to like one of the things that I like. I don't know about the other thing. We'll find out. But so those are the movies. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get to the movies, we usually like to do some talking about what else we've been watching. Yeah. Now, Jason, it has been some time since we have had you on. So name all 800 things you've seen. Every single one of them. And I'm going to judge you. I'm going to check you against Letterboxd and make sure you're not missing anything. You know, I can say I actually, when I was writing my list, I haven't watched a lot of movies mm. since we talked last. I've been I've been stuck on TV. I've been doing, rewatching old TV shows. Not old TV shows, like within the past like 10, 15, what, 15 years. I guess they are kind of old. But like... Um, I rewatched all of The Office, all of Frasier, all of um, Parks and Recreation. I just oh, like I do that constantly. Yeah, I just started from the beginning, and that was just always running in the background. Mm-hmm. I watched it at work. I did it nonstop. But I have. I, I'm staying. I, I'm at a, an apartment right now that has cable, and Ooh. so I have been watching some. It's so weird the movies they show on cable. <laughs> like the, you know, the, like why would they show this? What possible reason could they have to put this movie on right now? You know, like it's not like any of the stars are doing something else and mm-hmm. they're promoting it. So like recently, I watched um, the Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yes, oh, love it's it. So love good, it. isn't it? <laughs> oh, I've wanted to cover yeah. it on the show forever. Yeah, that's definitely. I'll so definitely good. come back because I have so much to say about that yep. movie. And uh, so that was really good. I remember seeing that in the theater when it Me came too. out, and I loved it. Um, that and single white female would be a really good pairing. We I'm did single saying. white female a while back. Did yeah. you? Yeah, okay. I can't remember what we paired it with. It was uh, going back about a year and a half or so. Crap! It okay. made sense at the time, but it I can't totally did. Either. We were really. I'm proud sure of I listened pairing. to it. I'm sure I was there. But anyway, so I love that movie. Fantastic. So much fun. Um, I also watched, these are just the ones I watched on cable recently. I watched Annabelle for the second oh, time since I shot in the theater. I love Annabelle. I do too. I'm so glad. I love you, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> we I agree on a lot. A lot of really important things. I, yes. It's 
really unappreciated. Everybody was just saying it was like, "Man, there's nothing great about it." Emily knows how I am in horror movies, and, and oh, he's the good, best person ever in horror movies. Well, good horror movies. You know, when we went and saw Paranormal Activity Five, the last one, there was a period where I was a little scared, but then when it started to get dumb, I just didn't care anymore. Like, and it, and, if, it, and it made it less enjoyable for me because it's yeah. so much fun when you're like screaming. Like the visit with you was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Paranormal Activity Nine, not as awesome. It's fun for me too. That's my cardio. Like going to horror movies <laughs> is my only cardio that I ever get. So I I love that feeling and Annabelle totally did that for me. There's so many great scenes like the in the basement is fantastic and when she turns around and that doll is there and something picks it up and I won't say what and oh, when the it's little so scary Oh my god and, and it's the... filmed so well Yeah Yeesh. And it's you know set in the 60s I think maybe late 60s early 70s and like it definitely looks of the of the period but also kind of contemporary they struck a good balance so that it wasn't completely alien like a lot of times if they film a movie and it's like a period piece you feel out of place because you're like what bell bottoms and you know mustaches i can't identify with this material at all (laughs) exactly and you do feel a little removed but this was just they did a good enough job that it was definitely of its time but you didn't feel removed from your periods i i liked that a lot i love that movie and I highly recommend it. People haven't seen it and just stayed away because of the bad things people said. Give it a chance. I thought it was great. I actually liked it a lot more than The Conjuring, which everybody seems to love. I like I it more than The Conjuring too. I like The Conjuring, but like Annabelle really worked for me. Awesome. Yeah. See, I, I was enjoyed. Scared the whole time, and I thought the story was compelling. I didn't think it was goofy. Yeah. That is very I exciting. I completely agree. So The Conjuring, I, I like, but I didn't think it was as great as everybody said. But Annabelle was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see that. Um, I did a double bill of Mike Myers the other night on cable. I watched uh, the first Austin Powers again. And Halloween 2. In which, no. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. The first Austin Powers is so fantastic. It is. It's, they got progressively worse, and yep. it really it was reductive to how fantastic the first one was, and how and, gross it could be. Well, the second one got really gross. Yeah. The first one was okay. The second one was disgusting, and then like there's the shit coffee, and then mm-hmm. it just keeps getting grosser and grosser. And I didn't like it. And the third one, I don't really even remember. Did they only do three? I think they did three, but like two and a half because nobody actually saw three. Yeah, yeah I, three, I saw it in the theater, and I don't remember a thing about it. Yep. Literally nothing about it. I Beyonce was there, I think. I don't know if she yeah. was in the theater with me or if she was in the movie, but I have some <laughs> memory of Beyonce. She might have been at Ollie's earlier right? in the day. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was fantastic. And then I watched So I Married an Axe Murderer, which is even more fantastic. I love that movie, too. I've only seen that movie one time. Did you like it? I liked it. I saw it in college, so it's going back quite a ways now at this point. Another one that got really bad reviews, I went and saw it with my mom and my best friend Tom when I was in high school. We thought it was hilarious, and we were talking it up, and then like we started reading like Entertainment Weekly and hearing people talk, and everybody hated it, and I was really surprised. I think it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. I, it's it's very funny. It's one of the one of the times I actually like um, Mike Myers. Yeah, I don't really like he, him very often. <laughs> I think that was almost that was like his peak. He was like a little. He was a leading man in a movie. He pulled it off. It's not easy to be like the no in a, in a romantic comedy like you to pull off a leading man. He did it. He was he was super, charming. Yeah, exactly. It's, and so I think he did a great job. Um, you know, I started, I don't even know, know why I put this on my list, other than to say, like, kind of put in context what I'm feeling right now with movies. If, <coughs> excuse me. So I started to watch The Big Short, and oh, I got, okay. 
a bootleg version of the big short. Mm. But That's I the only to watch way to it. do it. You just exactly. need to say you got your SAG screener of it. <laughs> right, right. For uh, Oscar consideration. Uh-huh. And I got about 10 minutes in and I was just like, oh, this is just going to be sad about people losing their homes mm-hmm. and everybody getting screwed over and there's nothing we can do about it. And I'm out. And so I just turned it off. I, I realized I, I, I don't want to watch movies like that. Yeah, I no, can't, fair enough. I can't watch really boring, depressing movies. So that, so I'm st- keeping it light with um, – So you followed it up with Spotlight. Which one is that? Oh, I do want to see that, but I have a feeling it would be the same way. Yeah. It's like kind of like when I watched The Gray. Everybody had talked about how great The Gray was, and I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. Did it bum you out? It did, and I started watching it, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, Wait, this is just him punching puppies. I don't oh, think I'm no, going to. I think it's a reverse because I think they sold the gray as Liam Neeson fights wolves, but it's like actually this kind of deep philosophical movie about death. But right. that movie bums me out. I love that movie. But I mean, yeah. I, I don't dislike it at all. It's just not one of those that I'm going to be like, oh, I feel like putting this on. Now. Yeah, it's to me, it is not. I feel like it. It appeared like it would be that good background movie, but it's so much denser that it, it is not it is a sit down and stop everything and watch it well and i've you know i've come to the conclusion recently like i love coming on your show and i listen to so many movie podcasts and i love people who love movies i'm not one of those people though i really <laughs> realize i'm not a movie person <laughs> like uh, i i enjoy the culture but like somebody was talking they went and saw hateful eight and they, they started to say something like "Ooh, that's a spoiler and i was like dude that's you right. seriously <laughs> do not have to worry i will never see that movie i'm not I'm not going to sit through a three-hour western that takes place in a room. It just no. I so I and I've never seen The Godfather. I've never seen like big, uh, mm-hmm. boring movies. I well, like now people you've who seen like the red movies, but, but I don't. This, this is this is the show for you. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> I will say. Oh, in regard to Hateful Eight, though, here's a story that I haven't really told in any of you guys yet. Um, did I tell you I met Sam Jackson last week? You did not. <gasps> I absolutely did. What was um, he wearing? Was he wearing those weird fitting pants that he wears in the insurance commercials? Uh, no, he was wearing, I think he was. Did blush. you ask him about the weird fitting crotch? Because I don't get why it's so odd fitting. <laughs> no, okay. I, that was, we That's had very the, limited what time. what I would ask if I ever met him in person. Yeah, did you talk to him for three hours about all right. the about <laughs> crotch? We so you know my friend Greg Gray Drake from Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes. She's a senior editor and she does junket interviews. She's and awesome. she's, she's amazing. She's all over the place. Well, she got to be the bartender on Watch What Watch What Happens, and I got cool. to go with her guest. So we went last. Can we week. just talk about this? I, oh, yes. I didn't watch these movies. There's nothing to say. Let's <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> so actually, I'm. I, I I hope I'm not saying anything that i shouldn't say but that's okay nobody listens it's okay right being in the audience of watch what happens like i've never watched that show before in my life people told me to but you know i don't have cable and it's not something i'm gonna seek out somehow not, not streamable yeah yeah, and so I've never really watched, but I was excited to go to this. I was like, you know what, maybe, because I do like Andy Cohen from based on the CBS Sunday morning that I saw. And I was like, maybe I'll get there. I'll love the, the vibe of the show. I'm going to start watching it. I'm going to download it. I'm going to be a super fan. Um, but however, I did not like him. I did not like the show. I did not like his attitude. I did not like his style. I think he's an awful interviewer. I think he has no charisma. This is he, amazing. He did not introduce himself to my friend oh gosh now i'm saying this i'm like wait should i say this <laughs> well, whatever um no, no cares. but he didn't introduce himself to gray and mm. she was on the show and they were kind of interacting but he never once before the show or after said a word to her and he didn't ask open-ended questions 
So every question he would ask of Samuel Jackson or um, Jennifer Jason Lee was like, so do you like pickles? And they'd be like, yes. <laughs> and then there'd be a moment of awkward silence and then they'd move on to something else. Like he doesn't know how to interview people. Mm. I was really, really disappointed in the show. I will never go watch it. I, but Samuel L. Jackson was there trying to keep the show going, as was Gray, trying to keep things entertaining and moving. And he was fantastic. I got just a moment with him to compliment his hat. We sh- I shook his hand. Um, he had a lot of people rushing him off, but we did ha- exchange a moment. And he was really great. So oh, if nice. you saw that episode or you can find that episode, it's worth watching for Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic person and just very cool and very uh, not what you think he's going to be based on his persona You know that, that he puts out. Me. Yeah, he's just a super nice guy. He was a cheerleader in high in in college. Aww. like he's awesome. So that was super fun. Um, anyway, I'm sorry I, I digress. But oh, no, uh, are you kidding? We 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 love the insider talk. <laughs> thank you. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely fun going, and I appreciate being invited. But Andy Cohen left me feeling a little little mm. flat. So um, I'll go through a couple more here. The Sixth Sense. I rewatched that as well. Um, with the visit being like, I think possibly my favorite film of last year. It was the one that <gasps> I, I enjoyed. Seen Christine, I think you would love it. Really? I loved the crap out of it. I yeah. trust you guys. So I trust you I guys. Just, I, I, I feel like the things that work about it are the things that, like, you are really uh, attracted to in movies. Oh well, thank yeah, you. That's I agree with that. Yeah, the, the likable kids, the kind of like family dynamic. All this stuff that I really felt like this, you were going to, I could be wrong, but I mean, I'm usually not. Um, right. I, I feel like, Christina, I think you'd really enjoy it. Oh, and, I'm going to have to seek it out. I was going to see it in the theater, but I missed it. And you know, uh, who played the mom, Emily? Catherine, What's her name? Is Han. Catherine Han, I think. Yeah, I Catherine love Han. her so much. She's so good in this. See, and I thought you would because mm-hmm. I do and we have that thing. Um, <laughs> it's uh, She kind of makes a movie for me sometime. I just adore her so much and she was great in it. So, And it was a really believable family dynamic and that goes a long way in a movie oh, for yeah. me. Yeah, it, it, like that's part of the reason The Sixth Sense was so good, rewatching it. I mean, I've seen it so many times, but I haven't seen it in years, and I rewatched it. And it was just really smart. He writes really good family dynamics. It's almost not as good as Spielberg. Spielberg's the king of capturing like a family setting. Yes, he's great at that it on film. Very, like, quickly, but very believably. Yeah, exactly. Just throw in a couple lines. You don't have to like throw too much. Just uh, show an exchange between uh, family members. And that's what they did in The Sixth Sense, where um, he, the, the kid said, you know, are you, mom, are you very mad? And she said, no, I'm not very mad. And you just know that that's a thing between these characters. Right. Yeah. That's the thing that they've said for years. And um, it was just great the way that that spoke to me. This mother son dynamic yeah. in the movie was great. And Tony um, Collette is also one of those oh, actors so who can make anything that. work. Yeah, she was fantastic, and it just beautiful and like engaging. And when she cried, you really oh, felt yeah. it. You felt this poor single mom that's struggling as hard as she can and has a pro- child with issues. It just worked for me. It really mm-hmm. struck my heart. I love that movie. Another one that's almost along the same vein is Invasion. The one with uh, Nicole Kidman. I love that movie. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Are oh, you this sure is, you want to be married to that? Body snatchers. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm rethinking my whole stance on this thing. Um, <laughs> I, I watched this about like two months ago. I don't know. I talked well, about probably it. probably when we did the Our Body Snatchers episode. I you did. Might have so, to you, it. you know what? Yeah, as a lead up. And I was like really surprised at how much I enjoyed it. It's so good. And again, they do that same thing. The dynamic where... 
they're talking about something, and the kid mentions something about a pickle, and the mother says, gherkin, and he says, uh, dill, and they go back and forth playing this little game so like out cute. of nowhere, and you just know, like, oh, that's cute. Uh, this mother and son, they have this little game that they play. For, I don't know if it's a pickle game or like a word <laughs> I game. I feel like pickles are coming up quite a lot this episode. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Um, and it was just really well-written fa- mother-son uh, family dynamic. Loved it, and also the tension is really good. They cast uh, James Bond. What's his name? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, and to, to as her love interest, which was really smart. I don't care for him much. I don't think he's very dynamic, but it was really good because he's kind of ethereal and crazy and weird looking anyway, with those icy blue eyes and that weird stare. So it worked having him in the role of somebody who's emotionless and yeah. So oh, I kind of gave a spoiler, but eh, you'll figure uh, it out. Everybody, everybody, everybody. everybody snatchers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, so there's that. Uh, just a couple more. Saw Star Wars. Don't have to say anything else about it. I really liked it. How, the main thing I want to that that I just want to lead into I it made me watch Ex Machina because I fell in love ah. with Oscar Isaac, as mm. did everybody in the world. Yep, he's, he's the most dreamy. perfect human I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> ex Donald, what is the guy's name? Donald Glover. Donald Gleason. I just Donald. No, no Don Hall. The only reason I know this is because I just listened to an interview he did with the Nerdist, and they okay. make a point of like how to say his name. It's Donald. The because M they're is silent, fucking Irish. Oh fuck them! I, that's I remember there was a wo- coworker I had, and I called her Cyoban for years, <laughs> and, and she finally corrected me. Sometimes it's, it's, it's Siobhan. I was like, no, yeah. it's not. No, but no, whatever. it's really not though. <laughs> not I at can't all. Say if I'm looking at the word spelled out. Like, if yeah. you tell me that's your name, I can regurgitate it. But if you show me the spelling and then ask me to say it, nope. See, like, no, that, no, that does they not add up. Um, Donald Glover is pasty <laughs> loser. Donald Glover, Donald yes. Gleason. Yes, Donald Glover. No, go with it. Uh, Donald whatever. Um, uh, oh, you're right. That's that's the kid from Community. <laughs> Same right? difference. I lo- so I love him. D- Donald Gleason is the exact opposite. He's pasty weirdness, and I just cannot get behind this. And he's in every goddamn movie that I see l- lately. Yeah. And I just find him weird and boring. He and there's came nothing across good like a really nice guy on the interview. His father is Brendan Gleason. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Yep, that is his father. Interesting. Good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, yep. You can look it up on the internet. <laughs> I believe you, God. Okay. Well, he didn't get any of his dad's charisma because <laughs> I just find him really boring. I, I was disappointed with that. Oscar Isaac was perfectly cast in the role. He was great and had the shaky weirdness of like a computer nerd. I loved him. So I, I didn't love the movie, but it's worth seeing for him. Um, I, I think I mentioned Honeymoon in Vegas as well, which is really great because it goes back to a time when Nick Cage was just like quirky fun mm. and not just batshit crazy. And <laughs> Sarah Jessica fine, Parker fine was... Fine, line. Right? And Sarah Jessica Parker was a total babe in this movie. Um, I, you know, I, I have a strong feeling. I love Sarah Jessica Parker mm. and I always have. And I, But, you know, she's aging like everybody does and people just can't remember. Like, she was a sex symbol and she yeah. kind of, she still is a sex symbol and she's gorgeous and just fucking lay off and don't do any more donkey face jokes. You're mm-hmm. an asshole. Yep. That's yeah. all I want. I really hate that shit. All she's the people lovely... that say that would still have sex with her if she asked. Absolutely. She's a lovely, perfectly pleasant woman. And an so, incredibly talented comedic actress. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody else <laughs> in Sex and the City pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Like, be, pulling that role off. Um, so there's that. The only a last thing I'm going to say is not even a movie, but I have to put my plug in. Everybody, if you have Hulu, go watch Happy Endings. And But don't ever tell me what you think of it, 
because you'll never like it enough for me. Just go, <laughs> just go enjoy it for yourself and don't tell me about it, but just to enjoy it. And that's it. So I can tell you that I watched it, even if I didn't, you'd ra- but because you won't ask me any follow-up questions. Uh, no, I might reference characters. I might catch you in a lie. Oh, I'm pretty man. good at that. Ugh. I don't want your opinion, but I will want to talk about characters and if you think that the P&P Romance Factory got reunited. Oh my God, you are a demanding fellow. I know. <laughs> so it's my fa- one of my favorite sitcoms ever. I just started on Hulu on New Year's Day. I've obviously watched it twice straight through and uh, periodically go back and watch it, random episodes here and there. It's just so much fun, and I know I'm overselling it, so nobody will ever like it as much as me or but enough they, But for you'll me. never know that. Exactly. <laughs> but if you want a good show to watch and you're like, oh, there's nothing new, go watch Happy Endings if you didn't before. You'll really, I think you'll really have fun with it. Very nice. And that's it. Lovely. Now, Lady Christine. Um, I haven't been watching that much. Okay. Um, I'll go. I'll go through it on quick. You can take your time. We're not going anywhere. Nope. I watched. Nope. I don't think I have a Netflix instant watch recommend. I don't think I do, but we'll fake figure it out. Um, I on Amazon Prime. I watched that Lego documentary. Mm. Oh, any good? The Lego Brickumentary. It was pretty good. I like. I like my Lego stuff a little bit more in depth. Just really is, it a, scr- is it about the, the history? I'm sorry. Yeah, is- it, t- it talks about the the history and like when they almost went bankrupt and like it hits on the usual Lego based stuff. Are you a Lego fiend? Are you a big fan? Do you have? I Lego do enjoy stuff? the Lego. We have a lot of minifigs in my house. Okay, it, th- this just seems to be a cultural phenomenon that I missed, and I, now it's huge. I was I've always ne- really bad at building things with it. I have never oh, touched a Lego in my life. Like, everything ended up just being a, a wall. Like, I would try to, to <laughs> do, like, a plane, and it would just end up being a be wall. A wall. <laughs> so I was not really a Lego person myself. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, if you don't have nostalgia for it, it this it's not the best documentary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good about the topic, but, like, if you're not crazy about it. And it's a little, like, self-congratulatory at moments, but I liked it. Okay. Okay. Um, I watched Christmas Bounty because... Yeah. Um, Emily made me. Oh, you. Oh, really? I made you? Who picked that one? You. We already talked about that. Mm -hmm. What is that? That was one of the movies we covered for uh, our stocking stuffers. Oh, is it an ABC Family movie? Yes, it is. Co-produced by the WWE Network. Oh, is that the one with the cats? No. No, this is the one with the Miz, the wrestler, and the chick is a Jersey bounty hunter slash teacher. (gasps) Yes, I remember it well. I remember your review well. I'm sure I would. I loved every recommendation you guys gave. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) I watched the Morton Downey Jr. documentary on Netflix. I didn't like it. Okay. Um, I watched a movie called The Keep. Oh, I remember what it is now. I was going to say it. I don't know what that is. The Keep is this movie that was on... The Michael Mann uh, one? Yeah. Yeah, I found it boring. It was so fucking boring. Right? Oh my god, I love you so much. Everybody raves about this one. Oh, it hasn't been available. Oh, you can't find it. Oh my god, it's on Netflix, but oh... Yep. And I watched it, and I like, I was all set to write about it. I couldn't. I was bored. So boring. Oh. See, I don't want to come off all me too, but I didn't finish it. I got about 15, 20 minutes in. Right? And, and you were like, what? I was like, it why does it? It's awesome. so boring. I don't remember. A th- and I know that movie has like an amazing cast. Steve McKellen is in it. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember anything about it other than Nazis, and I was bored. That's all I remember about it. Steve yep. McKellen, Nazis. 
what what more is there yeah how hard is it to make that interesting it's so boring oh. um so i couldn't even remember what it was i watched something called the keep and yeah. i don't remember it but i remember <laughs> um i rewatched snow white and the huntsman because i love that movie i still have not sat down and watched it hashtag oh. is all <laughs> i'll see there there's one where we differ i feel a little better oh. I, i've I fell asleep in it, too. I was just watching it when I was groggy. I might have enjoyed it if I'd been more awake, but yeah, nothing grabbed me right away. I like that movie, yeah. I, I mean, if it doesn't rewatch that strong, <laughs> I think you get what you're going to get out of it the first time. But it's pretty, and I like Charlie's. It looked like it was really pretty. My, um... They're doing the sequel, so I had to gear up for when that eventually comes out. Oh, yeah, they showed right. the preview to the sequel. Did everybody hear that giant bang? No. no. Oh, okay, good. Never mind. My, my, I have a, I have a poster for, it's like a three movie poster. It's a poster for Carrie, um, uh, burnt offerings and Aubrey and the Rose. Omen? And oh, yeah. like the frame just fell apart. Like oh. it's hanging on my wall and the frame just killed itself. So I'm needless to say, I'm haunted right now. And there's a ghost here, but continuing. Oh, are you okay? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I was just concerned oh. that you all thought I was being possessed by, Aubrey Rose, which I might be, but... Nah, we're fine. Okay, good. We don't care that much. Exactly, I figured. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe well, the ghost won't make you watch dance movies. <laughs> as, long, as long as you're okay... I am good. Please continue. Um, I watched a movie on Netflix. It's not my instant recommend. It's called Storage 24. I don't know if you've watched it, and I forgot that you told me about it. No, I did not. Okay. I wanted this movie to be so much better than it was. Oh. But it wasn't. I've which one is that? Up. It's um, a British movie where they're stuck in like like a storage, like a 24-hour storage type facility. I know oh. that it's called Storage 24 and I just <laughs> literally said... <laughs> you just put that together. <laughs> <laughs> With like, you know, like self-storage stuff. And they get, it's like a, kind of like a creature feature. Like there's monsters in it. And, in OTLP I mean, covered that yes, they a did long at some time ago. I don't it's think okay. they liked it either. It's all right. Like I would, if you're into that, like to give it a if shot. If you're you into storage, it. man, it's like for you. <laughs> if you're into 24 hour storage, there's another one um, that has a very similar title, but it's about a, a plane crash, and uh, there are two sisters on it. It's found footage, and they, this plane crashes, and there's like velociraptors in this weird. It's called like Area 28 or something you, like that. Yes, <laughs> I always get the two confused. Yeah, I haven't seen and, either one of them because I kind of figured it was going to be one of those. <laughs> Like situations where it's the same movie, and if you see one for yeah, and I didn't know which one to see, so yeah. Well, I watched the one about the Velociraptors, and that's one of those movies that if you imagine it as a better movie, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> a lot of times I do that, and so uh, to give that one a try, and I will totally give Storage Twenty Four a try too. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can look at Storage Twenty Four. Okay, good. <laughs> if you're sure. if you're into, if you're into that, um, I rewatched a bunch of movies. Um, just because I've been packing and I wanted stuff on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I rewatched Cloverfield, which I like. Oh, you know, that's my, that is probably my one favorite movie. I know it's so contemporary and it's an odd choice. Oh, I love it. I love that movie. And I ran into uh, Michael David Stahl, the star, mm-hmm. on the street right by my apartment in um, Bed-Stuy. And I freaked out and we got a picture together and it was the best day ever. Of course I was, that is for you. I was so excited. That's a it's a good movie. I it was like five the Blu-ray was five dollars at Target. I still oh, don't know nice. it. So I still I, I have been wanting to rewatch that on a like my TV now is big enough. I watched it originally on a pretty small screen. Mm-hmm. I want to rewatch it on a bigger screen with Jason. 
Yeah, we should watch it together. I yes. totally will. That's one of the movies that I geeked out about way before it came out. I was on the message boards. Mm-hmm. I was that like marketing posting. was so good, too. Oh, so good. That's what we were talking about that on Facebook. Me, some friend and I were talking about, you know, just politics and Donald Trump. And I was like, I kind of hope Donald Trump's entire campaign is just viral marketing for Cloverfield, <laughs> too. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. We'll see. Why, why, not, why not dream? Why not? Yeah. So I'm sorry. Continue, no, Christine. Don't don't ever sorry. Um, where was I? Hot Fuzz. I rewatched. Um, mm. I like that movie. Scott Pilgrim. I rewatched. I like that movie. Um, I watched American Ultra, and it was garbage. It was a garbage movie. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's the movie with Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. Oh yeah, I've heard very wildly mixed, but mostly not good things. Yeah, the last three we've completely disagreed on, Christine. Now I keep track in my head, like what? Oh, did okay. like? oh Jason, do you like? also not like Scott Pilgrim? Uh, no, I, I mean do not. I don't. I don't dislike the movie. I just really hate the character of Scott Pilgrim. Me too. Where I actually, that's me. another one I turned off. I'm like, I don't want to watch assholes for yeah, two hours. I'm right? done. I love that I, movie. Yeah, and, I love the you... filmmaking of that movie. We we reviewed that one too. We covered it a yeah. while back. I love the energy of that movie. I just. I, I have never had another movie where I was, because it's not just like, oh, I don't like the character. It's like, no, that character is like indicative of of a very real person that if I that I know and don't like. Yeah. And it made it right? very hard for me. And, you know, a lot of times I will get turned off by something somebody, a character does in a movie and I just can't get on board. Like, um, the I love you, man. With, oh yes, uh, I know what you're gonna say. Just pick up your dog shit. Yeah, like it's it's, it's not just, cute. It's not funny. It's, no, just because you're Jason Siegel doesn't mean you don't pick up your dog shit. Because I'm gonna step in that shit. I hated that. I have a dog. I pick up his shit. Yep. That's what you do. It yep. frustrated the hell out of me, and I couldn't get on board the entire movie. I understand. So, I do. Yeah. So what was the other one that you mentioned, Christine? American Ultra? American Ultra. I saw that with Gray. We got to go see to the um, critic screening. What did you screening. think? I actually liked it. I never would have sought it out by myself. And even – it was a little too, like, what do you call Intense or gory. I don't know if – not really gory, but just, like, violent, I it's guess is the violent. word. It's very violent, yeah, for sure. And that turned me off. But I did like the story between those two. I thought it was a sweet story. I think it would have worked better as a TV show or – maybe like a TV movie even instead of a big budget. It just didn't seem like it deserved that big of a budget for this little story. Yeah. It's sometimes like little stories make the best kind of movies because they can breathe and you can have like an experience with the characters and stuff, but it's not what I felt like was happening happening to me when I watched it. (laughs) It actually reminded me of a movie that I don't like true romance. Um, Yeah. I've tried to watch it just looks gross and sweaty and everybody <laughs> looks hot. And so that, that aspect of the film really turned me off, but I did like Connie Britton in it. And I love that 70s show. I wish he would do more. I think he's charming and funny. Um, and uh, what the, the gay guy in the office who from Arrested Development, I can't remember his name, T- Tony Hale, Tony Hale, who played, he played Buster. Yep. It was it was a great cast of people I liked, and I even like Twilight, whatever her name is. Oh, I like Just call her too. Twilight. Yeah, yeah. I like, I I like can, Twilight as well. Yeah, she can be fairly likable. So, like, I, like it rested completely on the characters, and I thought it was a sweet story. But I'll agree that like the violence really turned me off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I hated it, but I'm sure some people. <laughs> it's for some people. Yeah. Um, I went to the theater and I saw Sisters. Oh, oh. what did you think? It was okay. I like them too. Them two broads. So I mean, 
So it's they're they're you get something going when they're there, even if it's not the the best story or you know, it was um I laughed. There were some good jokes. Okay, comedy's hard. Yeah, well, <laughs> dying is easier, or so they've said. Well, this is twice though that they've been in a movie that's only been okay. Like I like yeah. Baby well, Mama not a lot. Writing it right, I they know. Didn't write this or Baby no, they didn't Mama. Write that. We're all just waiting for that time where they are in a movie that they write together, right? it's and like, it's come the on, ladies. best. We know you thing. can do it. What's what's the problem? What, what, why are we so lazy? Parks and Recreation and Thirty Rock together yeah. in the same movie? Right? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh-huh. Oh. It should have been the. And maybe that's why. Maybe my expectations are in a weird place because, like, I love, like, I have really strong relationships with those shows and those characters. Yeah. So, like, give I want give me something else. Come on, let's do it. And then it was just kind of like, yeah. It was pretty funny, though. I mean, I wouldn't recommend... My friend wanted to go to the theater, so that's why I went. But, like, I wouldn't... So don't, you don't have to run to the theater to see it. Uh, I mean, I'm I knew we want to support people, but... I'm seeing it Friday. I've made plans with somebody to yeah. go see it. Because, like, it's like, I know it's going to be exactly what you say. It's going to be good. It's not going to be great. But, like, these two women, like, they, they, they defined comedy for a large period yeah. of the last, like, ten years. Oh, and they're great. Their delivery and their, their character stuff's really good. It's just... The, the material story, isn't there. Yeah, I think they're, you know, you gotta, you gotta appeal to a large audience mm. when you, yeah. sometimes with these types of comedies, and it's just like, okay, well, you're, you're missing me on a lot of this. Like, mm. I feel like I should be your target audience, but somehow, I don't feel like I am. Interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Still funny. And then, uh, lastly, I saw Death Wish for the first time. Oh, oh. wow. You I really had- should just skip and watch Death Wish 3. You know what? A lot of people say that. Is the first Death Wish where like he is looking and he sees his wife killed in a window at the beginning of it? No, she he doesn't see her get killed in the first one. Um, she gets like hit on the head by Jeff Goldblum. Oh right, and- I remember that. <laughs> Good times. I mean, it was a movie, that's for sure. I'm glad I saw it, so I can say that I saw it. Yeah, just skip to three, where, like, the the woman uh, gets raped, and they tell her, they, the doctor's like, she has a broken arm, and then the next scene, it's like, she didn't make it. Duh! Death Wish 3 is so good. Yes, it's so You just have to jump ahead. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I, growing up, I watched a lot of those types of movies with my dad. He loved, like, exploitation films. And I didn't even realize at the time, you know, that's what I'm watching. Right. Looking back now, it's like, oh, God, I watched a lot of that shit. <laughs> no, um, yeah, like, that's why I've always tried to shoot vigil- uh, anybody trying to break. Why I thought I was a vigilante. Right, exactly. Always waiting for somebody to get raped. I just experience, expect <laughs> rape all the time. Standing on that street corner with my gun, just waiting right? for it. Well, because uh, we watched uh, my favorite uh, growing up was Angel. Uh, you know, Hollywood or uh, high school oh, honor student by day, Hollywood hooker yeah. by night. That was such a grimy movie, but it's so much fun. And all those like women in prison movies. Mm-hmm. We love good women in prison movies oh, and the yeah. big birdhouse. Th- those are great. I need to go back and revisit those. You've actually inspired me to watch some of those again. Good job, oh, Christine. Fun. Yay, me. All right. Is that all? <laughs> That's all I got. A, a nice mixed bag. <laughs> all right. My, my bag is mixed, but it's certainly weighted to a certain channel. Um, so, okay, a few more, uh, even though we didn't officially cover these for the, uh, stocking stuffers, I still found myself recording things like A Christmas Melody, which, Mm -hmm. guys, it was the directorial debut of Mariah Carey. Oh, God. Hi. This was amazing. We tried to watch that. We downloaded it, and it was like the Mariah Carey Christmas movie or something we found. We're like, yes, and we got it. 
and we were watching for a while, and it turns out we were just watching the concert, the Mariah Carey concert. Oh, God, no! We thought that that's how the movie started with her. Aren't you like, her. where's Lacey Chabert? Right? Because it went on like 15, 20 minutes, and I was like, I guess her character's a singer or something. <laughs> well, I can and tell the- you, within 15 minutes, this movie did hit nine of the ten Oh, like, wow. rules of these Christmas movies. Nine of them nice. within the first 20 minutes. Oh, yes. And don't worry, the tenth one. Yes, there's a Santa Claus in the movie. He's the oh. janitor. Spoiler alert. God. Is this, that William Shatner? It was Shatner? amazing. Like, and this one, because it was, everything was just so drilled in. Like, there, the amount, like, there, Folger's Coffee got as much screen time as Lacey Chabert, basically. Oh, God. Um, Jeez. This is beautiful. Mariah Carey like lights herself differently than everybody else. Oh in the movie. God! I Even though she's so playing bad. the villain, like she has this like angelic glow around her whenever she's on screen, and she's supposed to be the same age as Lacey Chabert. Oh my God! Oh my God! It was amazing. It was so amazing. So I haven't even seen it, and it's my favorite movie it, ever. It, as well, it should be, oh, Jason. It as well, so it should good. be. So there was that. Um, I could not help but record a country Christmas story. Because it was about a, a young girl in Tennessee who um, sees that there's like a, an American Idol kind of contest for the next country singer, oh. and this girl is biracial, and she and she's always she wants to play the guitar and she sings, but her mother just like hates music and doesn't want her to do anything. Um, but so she enters the contest, guys. Guess who's hosting the con- contest? I, w- I have no idea. Oh my God, Jason, you know, you so know. To, who's hosting the contest? Who is, who is sponsoring this contest in is Tennessee? It, <gasps> no, is she in it? It's motherfucking Dolly Parton. Oh yeah, God, she is. She's in this movie. She's in this movie. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so basically, it's her like sponsoring this contest, and it's like this is just this young girl who wants to get her parents back together. Basically, is what the movie's going for. Um, and we don't get that much Dolly, but you get enough where you're like, oh, that's that's okay. Uh, and there's some good music in it because it is like good country music that happens. Oh, nice! I can get um, down with that. This also, uh, I don't know if I'm surprised you didn't seek it out, Jason. So I think it was NBC did a um, new movie this year based on Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. No, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. See, this is what happens when you don't have cable. Seriously, yeah, it's it was a. Um, it is Dolly Parton. It's basically like her as a kid and her like 35 siblings growing up uh, poor on a farm. And it's also all about like finding Jesus. But I mean, whatever. Right. It's okay. also about little Dolly. I'm so. in. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just kind of about like, you know, a couple of years in the lives of the Partons and and all of that. And the little girl playing Dolly is really cute. And Dolly does an introduction. So that's great. Um, it's I mean, it's it's very cheesy. Uh, who was it? Ricky Schroeder plays Dolly Parton's dad. Um, oh, nice. Oh, that's it, so sad, though, actually. Yeah, oh. well, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, how old am I? If you are a Dolly Parton fan, it's certainly worth watching. Uh, and then um, I just didn't have a brain for a week or so. I just couldn't focus on anything other than Lifetime movies. Okay. Uh, so I watched one that's actually very Hand That Rocks the Cradle-y called Don't Wake Mommy. Ooh, I like the title. This oh, was that's... fun. Yeah. Yeah, this um, stars Ashley Bell, who was in The Last Exorcism. I love oh, yeah. She is so good. Like, this, like, she was really good in The Last Exorcism. And in this movie, which is not, I mean, it is a it is a lifetime. I have a baby, and I meet this woman that has a baby. And, of course, this woman is crazy and wants to kidnap my baby. 
Um, in other words, it's a great movie. But Ashley Bell is so good in it that, like, you, it's that weird. You're like, you're too good for this material. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the funny thing, too, is it's directed by the guy who directed um, Jack Ketchum's The Lost and I Know Who Killed Me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's like... I know who killed me. I don't know if he's slumming or if Lifetime was, like, reaching, but either way, this was really fun. And, like, very where it's just everything's over the top, and I'm not spoiling anything, but let's just say you're, like, ten minutes from the end of the movie, and all of a sudden, Denise motherfucking Crosby shows up as a crazy woman raising a doll baby. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah. This was good. This was really good. And also the the girl from Starry Eyes, which was really good, uh, she plays, like, the Julianne Moore role in this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to reveal is... everything as soon as I go in this glass house. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the, the same exact thing. Like, oh, my God, you're doing all this. I'm going to go tell her. Will you unlock the door for me? Oh, why do you have a needle? Yeah. Sure, dead meat. <laughs> yeah. So this was a really fun one. Um, I also watched, based on the title alone, I Killed My BFF. Oh, my. <laughs> um, again. That sounds great. So this one starred... Um, uh, Katrina Bowden, is that her name, from 30 Rock? That, that yeah. is somebody's name, yeah. Yeah, um, and she's actually good in it. And this one's fun because it has a twist. Because there's Ooh. this crazy chick who has a baby in the hospital with Katrina Bowden. And, like, they become friends and stuff. And the crazy chick, of course, you're like, oh, man, this crazy chick, she's going to kill her BFF. Um, but there's a lot more to it. Ooh. And there are some twists and turns and reveals and it's based Stop. on a true story. Oh my god! Or so Lifetime yes. told me, but yeah, this was really fun. Um, also, a Lifetime movie. I promise it's the last of the Lifetime movies. Um, I was so excited when I saw that they made a TV movie of V.C. Andrews' standalone novel, My Sweet Audrina. Oh, nice! Yeah. Um, if anybody has read that book, they know that it's bonkers. And I don't even know what that is. I mean, it's it's the same author who did Flowers in the Attic, but it's like oh, yeah, it's her standalone novel, and it's just it's crazy and to say anything gives away stuff and the movie was like the movie looked really good like the lifetime vc andrews adaptations have really like nailed that kind of gothic look uh Mm. and it was well cast like the lead actress was actually pretty good um but it 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 didn't like it was amusing to me because i'd read the book but i think if you didn't i don't know how good it would have been or how entertaining it would have been because they just jump around and, like, get rid of some of, like, the more wacky storylines, so, nah. They can dense, like, an 800-page book into a, an hour and a half into, movie. Yeah, an hour and a half when you add in commercials. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, and, like, a lot of what's wacky about the book is that the characters are so young, and she has a nymphomaniac cousin who's seducing everybody. <laughs> and then, like, you meet the cousin, and at first the cousin is played by um, the girl who played uh, on Hannibal, Christine, Season who? one of Hannibal, the um, the girl with the really blue eyes who oh Dana Scully, no, <laughs> the younger girl whose I father can't... was the first killer and oh the girl who plays Annabelle Annabelle that's Annabelle is that her name sure An- her um so she's she's like the nymphomaniac cousin I'm like oh cool but then they ate they immediately the next scene they've aged everybody up and all of a sudden it's like this like 28 year old actress playing the cousin so oh, that's a- yeah it took something away but anyway. Uh, then a few more I watched on Instant Watch, Dijin, mm. which NOTLP just covered. Yes, uh, I knew I'd heard of that. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought the concept was interesting because it's about this 
couple. They're both originally from, I think, United Arab Emirates. Um, they lose a child, so they go back home and stuff, and crazy stuff happens in their abandoned high rise. I thought this was okay, and I liked kind of the cultural difference of it. Um, and, and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't great, but I kind of like it, it. It was promising. Like, I'd be curious what else the guy directed by Toby Hooper. Oh, really? Like, it was one of those. It was oh. better when I didn't know who directed it. Yeah, because oh, all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, well, I'm if because if I had known that going in, I would have expected much more. Um, so it it wasn't terrible. And if you're interested in, oh, I'd like to watch, I'd like to watch a horror, a ghost story set in the Middle East. Eh, there you go. It's something. Yeah. Eh. Um, I, this was a long wait on Netflix and I was really excited to watch it and I just found it really boring. I Madman. <gasps> what? Yeah, oh. I, f- I know it. As soon as I, I'm like, oh. you know, I bet Jason would really like this movie. I adore that movie. That's one that I recommend I wanted to, to everybody. It's really? like, it has so much about it that I'm like, I, the, I mean, I read the, the, um, description of it. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to watch this. And I, I just couldn't get into it and I don't know what it was. Can I can in uh, can I ask you a favor? Give me a synopsis of that movie, like under thirty seconds. If you're going to like tell somebody what that movie's about, what would you say? Okay, a young woman who is an actress slash avid reader um, starts <laughs> re- is really into reading like Pulp Fiction and reads a novel that uh, this like hidden novel that nobody ever could find about a serial killer who cut his lips off and stuff and seems to be haunting her in her dreams or killing people that she knows. Kinda. Well, okay. First that of all, was, you that forgot... That was really concise. You it forgot was Jackal... seconds, okay? Yeah, you yeah. forgot Jackal Baby. Um, you have to mention the Jackal Baby. <laughs> That's my nickname. I did forget the Jackal Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. St- stop motion animation Jackal Baby. And the fact that he's like uh, kind of going all Van Gogh because he's obsessed with this woman. She tells him that he isn't attractive enough. So he starts going around and finding people who have good features. And he like scalps somebody who has beautiful red hair. God, you're and making then cups, this movie sound awesome. And he cups this other woman's lips off who was one of the nurses from Nurses on NBC after Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you mention that... Obvi- I, I, I'm amazed you don't love this movie. I think I maybe it's maybe it's a lot of nostalgia, but I adore this movie. And also, my super secret crush, Clayton Roner, is in it. Who I grew up, you know, from just one of the guys. Oh, and that's Relic. the whole time. I'm like, what was this guy in? Uh, and it, he was on like Deep Space Nine. Yeah, or he's really one- cute. I've loved him since I was a little kid. That was one of my early, early crushes. So that was one of the reasons I was drawn to the movie. But I adore it. So, listener, make your own decision. But your decision is wrong if you don't watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, I, I really thought I would like it because everything, everything you said, everything about it, it should have been working. But I just, I don't know what it was. I, it, it couldn't, didn't click with me. You know, mm. you're watching a movie and it just you're just you're not yep. feeling it, and that's what happened with it. Totally get it. Okay. But all I'll say is Jackal Baby. But, but <laughs> Jackal Baby. Uh, just a few more. Happy Christmas on Netflix Instant. This oh, I still a, haven't watched it. Yeah, it's a, a Joe Swanberg joint. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's not amazing. It is like 80 minutes, if even that, and it's just another kind of everybody's improving and they do it well. Mm. Um, Anna Kendrick is great. She's always great. Uh, Melanie Linsky is great. She's always great. Uh, yeah, I Joe Swanberg is really good at these movies and at getting these natural performances. Um, I mean, this one wasn't mind blowing. It's I, I'll probably forget about it. But uh, if you like his his movies, it's it's another one to watch. 
Uh, I went to the movies twice and saw The Force Awakens. Oh, nice. Good for you. Yeah, the first time I went, we did the AMC Prime, where, you know, Jason knows the reclining seats and the buzz, and it was Brandon's first time, and now he's like, I'm never seeing a movie a different... I'm I'm never going to the movies again if I can't sit like this. You spoiled me. That's all I'll do. That's how I saw it as well. Christmas Eve. Uh, and then um, when we were in Kentucky, we, we treated um, my in-laws to it. And um, it cost $20 for the four of us to go see it in Kentucky. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it cost more than that for one of us to go see it in New York. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I love this movie so much. Uh, people can nitpick it. People that want to complain can complain about things. But I cried four times. Aww. I cried the same places both times. Uh, one place I cried harder than I did the first time. But the place that I cried the hardest uh, is when... And this, at this, I'm not going to spoil anything, but everybody kind of knows at this point that the character of Rey is like a badass, awesome everything. Mm-hmm. And the moment that just got me was when the movie totally lets her be that. Oh yeah, and it was. I'm sitting there and I'm like sobbing. I'm like, this is everything I've always wanted in a Star Wars movie. And I know people are out there going like, oh, I mean, it's just like it's just like the first movie, but with a chick. Like, a no, it's not. But b, I don't know if some people can understand how much it means for it to even be that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was such a moment of feeling like so, um, like yeah, man, they get it. Like, like they are finally appealing to uh, this like faction of audience that has just kind of always said like, Hey, we're here too. Um, so I loved it and all that. Can, you know, can I, can I say something on that point? Um, do you, you saw the Incredibles. Everybody's seen the Incredibles, I still right? I haven't actually. Oh, really? I know. No, I haven't either. Oh my gosh. Okay. So th- let me tell you this one part. This isn't a spoiler. It's just one like mm-hmm. small, beautiful moment. That's the beautiful part. That's the great thing about Pixar. Again, like family dynamics mm-hmm. and they just like w- very, with a lot of brevity, they can really hit you with something really emotional. Oh, yeah. And so there's a scene, there's a little kid, his name is Dash and he, you know, the, you know, the whole story basically that's the family, family and they all have superpowers, but they are, the government has outlawed superheroes. So they have to kind of be in hiding um, they can't come out basically. Um, and so Dash is, always plays tricks at school on his teachers because he runs so fast. And he's always, he wants to join the football team, but they won't let him because they're afraid he'll run too fast. And anyway, so they get uh, the family somehow through the storyline ends up on this island and there are people after them trying to kill them essentially. And the mom. Um, t- played by Holly Hunter. She does great in it. She's talking to the kids about how this is real and they need to stay safe and do whatever it takes to stay safe. And she's like, if somebody comes after you, Dash, I want you to run as fast as you can. And he says, as fast as I can? And she says, as fast as you can. And there's just this light in his eyes where he realizes, I can be as good as I can be. Like, yeah. there's nothing to hold me back right now. And so I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. I felt that when Ray had that moment. She's like, I'm going to be as amazing as I mm-hmm. possibly can be right yep. now. And it was just so overwhelming. And I'm kind of tearing up thinking yeah, about it no, right now. I'm, it, I'm with you on that. I totally am it, with you. It was a beautiful moment. I loved that part in the, in the movie. So it, it's well done. If you haven't yeah. seen it, go see it. Yeah. And I am, I am sorry to the people that feel really negative about it. Yeah. It just, it made me feel like a kid again. It made me want to feel like a kid again. And it made me excited for the kids who were experiencing it for the first time. True. So there. Uh, and then after I don't it, like Star Wars. That's okay. 
that's I know. Like that's I don't have different an from the people who are like, yeah, man, Snows is not as good as the first one, you know. Because like, I don't have an opinion because like, like I just don't have a connection to that franchise, yeah. but I trust you guys. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's also a lot like um, you know, uh, but David Bowie passed away this week. <gasps> I, I, oh, sorry, yeah. you knew that, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I learned. I forgot that I've been living my life like he hadn't. Oh. I'm sorry to bring it up again, but <laughs> okay. I don't have a strong connection to David Bowie really at all. Like he never did anything for me that I knew of. Now, mm-hmm. kind of like re- retroactively, I'm starting to realize like how big he was. A he contributed to culture. But I'm really respectful and supportive of everybody who's really emotional about yeah. this. And it's the same way with Star Wars. Like I, I don't have a big connection to Star Wars either, but I, I totally get what it's like to have that oh, big of a yeah, connection. Sure. Like if they were doing a Buffy movie, you don't think I would camp oh, yeah. out and like talk what, about and, it every day. What do people benefit from like shitting on something that other people like? Like yeah. it doesn't yeah. affect you. Other people are allowed to like stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Right. Team positive. Until we talk about about these movies. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, why don't we take a break and um, come back and and time travel back to 1948 and talk about the red shoes? Uh, Certainly. Yeah. 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 Hey. All right. All right. I got high pants. I'm talking. That's exactly how they talk in the movie. The red shoes. eh? (laughs) I got this pair of shoes. I watched the wrong movie. (laughs) Yeah, Christine. I think you did. Oh no. Crazy dame. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Give me somebody to dance for. Give me somebody to show. Let me wake up in the morning to find I have somewhere exciting to go To have something that I can believe in To have someone to be Use me, choose me God, I'm a dancer A dancer dances Give me somebody to dance with Give me a place to fit in Help me return to the world of the living By showing me how to begin Play me the music Give me a chance to come through are going to head over yonder the pond if you will to the red shoes 1948 written by well made by the archers uh which is michael powell and emmerich pressburger i believe i didn't get their first names correct probably (laughs) michael powell definitely um and the archers had done also quite a few uh very well-known classics the what is it life and death of Colonel Blimp and Peep- well, Peeping Tom was just Michael Powell, but um, Black Narcissus and a few others. Now, I had seen this movie before. Neither of you had. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Would anybody like to give a synopsis? 
Oh, I, I think Jason should. I, I, I'll, sure, I'll be glad to. <laughs> Tell me what this was about. Oh, boy. So, under the authoritarian <laughs> rule of a charismatic ballet impresario, Boris Lermnevnevtov, this is all off the top of my head, his protege realizes the full promise of her talents. I'm not going to read all this, but I will say, so uh, there's a... Uh, did he call it a diva in ballet? I guess not. Uh, pres- prima ballerina, I guess. Prima ballerina. Called. So there's a prima ballerina in a company um, about, I don't know, four hours into the movie. She gets married <laughs> and leaves. And then another woman who is dancing in the company, the guy who runs the company, um, likes her and sees a lot of promise in her. And he decides to promote her to the prima ballerina. Am I at all yeah, close? Yeah, that, that main lady. She becomes the main dance lady. <laughs> yeah, she's the main dance lady. That's what you call <laughs> it, Emily. You were totally wrong. So she These becomes guys, the main dance lady. I know lady. nothing. <laughs> and uh, he has feelings for her. She doesn't really return the feelings. Does she have feelings for him? You think I could... he has romantic feelings for her? I, I don't do you even think it... know. I don't either. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't think it's romantic. I don't think this man has romance. Okay. I don't think he understands. I don't think he believes in or cares about romance. But, but I think he kind of wants to own her or control yeah, he's, her. Yeah, he's controlling for sure. Yeah. yeah. He, he he covets her. He wants he wants to control her without question. Yeah. And but she is uh, attracted to and eventually marries the person who actually wrote the ballet that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then the other guy becomes even more of a jerk and she's torn between these two characters until she puts up on some shoes and jumps in front of a train. Is that right? That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, I think so. So I have a lot of questions. Okay. I I have feelings and questions. (laughs) First of all, honestly, the, the main thrust behind the film i didn't get i didn't get are these shoes actually controlling her because i know in the play within a movie Mm. in the ballet within a movie that's the story that they're going with the red shoes actually do control the the prima ballerina within the play until she dies basically exactly yeah but in the real life in real life was that actually happening See, I think there. I think you can interpret it several ways, and I think some people have tried very hard to try to really say, "Oh, well, why is she wearing the shoes at the end of the movie? She wouldn't be wearing them yet in the ballet and everything." I think they are just. I think this is a very um, expressionistic movie, even though it's seems very grounded in reality for most of it until you get to this big ballet scene about halfway through that's very surreal and very you know is this this isn't what i'm seeing on stage because there's stuff that couldn't happen on stage right where i think it's it is kind of being very experimental and kind of giving us her mind as opposed to this actual ballet that's happening and i think the same can be said for you know, why does she do what she does at the end? Is it because she really can't choose between love and ballet, so she just chooses death? Is and we need to the clarify. Shoes are controlling her. I don't think that it's physically the shoes. I think that it is something, uh, I, and I, I don't know if it's, I, I don't think you have to lock onto it, but I think there is something to the idea that dance and in this case dance art or whatever kind of art it is that you have in your life that like a true artist can't escape from like if that's what they're going to do that's what they're going to do until they die i thought it was all allegorical i didn't think that any of it was literal Mm, well because i I, for listeners who haven't seen this movie uh she 
jumps in front of a train. She rushes off and she's com- almost compelled. It's mm-hmm. there. It's like she has no control of her body. She runs, leaps in front of a train to kill herself. And you know, you know what I thought was really funny about the scene. In a lot of old movies, when a character dies, specifically a woman in in movies, they're always so pristine and gorgeous. Yes. Like you oh, know, yes. there's movies. Ellie Sheedy, uh, right? Not Ellie Sheedy. No, what? disease. Yeah, right. Exactly. They have movie cancer yep, where yep, they you get they prettier look, as you die. Yeah, they look gorgeous, and even if they ha- suffer an accident, there's just a tiny little bit of blood on the side blood. of their face. But with this, she was fucking toe she, up. She was fucking hit by a train. She was because I kept waiting. They didn't. They held off showing her for a while, and then when they did, I was expecting her to be pristine and beautiful. But right. no, she was toe up from the flow up. Yeah, and she it's had, 1948. Like that yeah. was pretty brutal for 1948 it's not as brutal it doesn't look like a real train accident right. victim no. <laughs> but for 1948 it was pretty intense i yeah. was surprised that they did that like they the didn't film. final destination it but still <laughs> right her body's just mangled yeah. and, and her bisected over there right saying, down the middle julian can you put on my oh no two seconds i'm dead <laughs> it's just a bag of blood that explodes yes. when she jumps in front it's of the like, train where are the shoes let me find the shoes <laughs> and take them off her stubs of feet so how long is this movie? It was about two hours, it is, right? Uh, I think it's like a two little hours, over two, two right? Yeah. 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 I, I kept track very close. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's a tough it's, one. I, and to me, that is – because I, I do love this movie, spoiler alert. But I do think that its main flaw – and I don't know how much of it is just eh, – that's 1948. But the the pacing is, is weird. Um, and it makes it feel it's, – it's not that it's – over two hours that's a problem the problem is that it feels like it's over two hours yeah and i think that is there's just some weird pacing decisions um that i think and a lot of it towards the beginning there's there's so much establishment of things that i don't know if you need as much because then other things they they kind of skirt by because i'm curious what you guys think about the actual romance uh well uh so the character I, victoria yeah right yeah. who um has kind of at first this kind of combative relationship with julian the conductor and composer where they're kind of disagreeing and then they agree on something and then other stuff happens and then then we kind of find out that they've been falling in love but we don't actually see it did you have right. feelings about that well you know in in movies of this era it's always hard for me to understand I don't know. The female characters are just just so they're ciphers and they're vices for a, a storyline. I didn't feel that she was well drawn at all. I knew nothing about this character, so it's hard for me to care about her romance. Okay. So I didn't put a lot of stock into it. Okay. What about you, Christine? Um. Uh, this is a tough question to answer. <laughs> um, I guess I knew that that was what was going to happen. But only by virtue of the fact that she's the main lady, so she needs to love somebody. Like, right. That's, right. This, this is where we're at, right? Like, but I didn't really, I don't know if I cared enough yeah, to, think, she's, to think about what was going to happen. She's <laughs> just there. You, by the way. She's just there to be, like, you know, the, the, the Bella in between these two men. And, like, she, she doesn't have a character. She doesn't have, in my opinion. Um, that's how I saw the film. Okay. She's just there to experience this plot. So I knew it was going to happen, so I didn't question it. Exactly like Christine, okay. uh, Christine says. Well, because Brandon made a point where he was kind of like, oh, he's like, I feel like I didn't see the romance. And to me, I actually really like the way they do it. Because they have this one moment where 
right before she's about to go on, he comes backstage. He's like, oh, just dance however you want. Like, I'll make sure we, we catch up to you. And she kind of, like, they smile at each other. And there's just this, like, little spark. And then, you know, she becomes a famous dancer, blah, blah. And then we kind of find out, oh, yeah, and by the way, they've fallen in love. Oh. And I, re- I really like that because I didn't need to – because that moment was enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, they have chemistry, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're both attractive young people. They'll be fine. Um, but – so I kind of – I like that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I – I mean, I really – like her i mean she's not like i don't know what her favorite color is like i don't think she's overly nuanced but i also don't think i think for so many movies like this you can have a very blank slate and i think part of it is that she is kind of supposed to be a blank slate she is just a young beautiful ballerina who uh who is defined essentially by she's a good she's a good dancer and she loves to do it and that is all she wants to do until she finds this one other thing that she might also want to do uh, and I mean for me that's enough because I think she I think also think the actress Morishira um, who was a ballerina and who was not an actress when she was cast she was a pure dancer and they really wanted to make this movie with dancers not with actors that could dance mm-hmm. uh, I mean I think she is like you just to me your eyes go to her she's the also in, in the way the film is colored and everything else she is just they, i mean she's gorgeous and the camera loves her and everything else so i buy into her and i could see why like anybody watching this who w- might say like i want to be just like her oh i liked her a lot yeah she I stood didn't... up for herself a couple times mm-hmm. she didn't back down when people were giving her guff i liked yeah. that but you know my knowledge of of ballerinaism, ballet—that's ah, the word. Um, ballet no, you the first time, right? Um, begins and ends with uh, Black Swan. I know nothing else beyond that. Uh, and I, which is I, a I'm, movie that I think is very uh, indebted to this one. Yeah, no, as I think I virtually agree. any movie about dance is. No, it, there are a lot of parallels, and I saw them through the through the film, and I could even see where Black Swan probably drew from this film a couple mm-hmm. times as well. But um, it, it, it's interesting how uh, uh, not not Kira Knightley, um, Natalie Portman, <laughs> Natalie Portman um, was so uh, she won an Oscar, didn't she? Did she win she the did. Oscar for yeah, this? For and it was all based on the fact that she learned ballet. You know, she took up ballet, and then her and, her body double was like, "Bitch, didn't do that dancing." Right? <laughs> yeah, there's that. But in, in this film, I don't know at the time, but it's it, it just seems like we just kind of accept it that this woman, of course, she can do ballet and right. she can act as well and and, and do this. Uh, I, I maybe I it just made me think that like, oh no, that's what you do when you're in a movie. Maybe people shouldn't have given Natalie Portman <laughs> so much credit. You do what you're yeah. supposed to do. You learn your stuff, and it just seems so like rote in this film. Like, yeah, well, that's because what you I do. think I mean ballet is. Like, there are certain art forms that anybody can learn quickly or that if, like, okay, I've got six weeks to do this movie where I play a swing dancer. All right, right. I'm going to take lessons. I'm going to train. I'm, I'm going to get good enough where we can where we can have me in full frame doing stuff. I'm going to go With back ballet, to the 90s when yeah, we were really in the swing dancing. those squirrel nut zippers. And, and <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a period piece, clearly. Yeah. Obviously. Ballet, is, to me, and I, I mean, I think you're so like money. ballerina people. Uh, is something different because it is not something you can learn in two months. It is something that your body has to be 
trained for and conditioned for like figure skating in the same way mm-hmm. where yeah. you can't just and Natalie Natalie Portman couldn't do it either. You can't just oh well I took dance lessons when I was a kid. So I I know the basics. No, but your your legs do not support you that way and you're yeah. you can't stand on your toes and and I, something about this is every time you look at Moira Shira in this you can tell she's a dancer. Just when she's standing in a leotard in a scene where she's not dancing, where she's just talking, she has a certain posture about mm-hmm. her that is, I mean, pin that, straight. Like, yeah, she is just a dancer. Yeah, and I think that's really important to the movie. I think, I mean, today you would probably not get that. And I mean, there have been plenty of movies where they've cast dancers in parts. I know there's a show on, I think Showtime or Stars now called Flesh and Bone, with a bunch of the guys from Center Stage, which is another really fun dance movie, by the way, mm-hmm. um, from the 90s, and everybody should watch it. But there is something to, I think what's always appealing to me about ballet is that you have to put your body through such hell to do this thing that looks effortless and that looks beautiful and that looks graceful and that looks like, Oh, it's a princess up there on that ballet stage. But really the, um, the athleticism and discipline involved in that mm-hmm. is more intense than I think almost any other art form and any other sport. Well, that's why, uh, you know, I'm focusing on black Swan a lot because again, that's all my knowledge, but that's why originally I remember hearing this, the black Swan and the wrestler were conceived as, um, one film and it was hmm. supposed to show like the alleged, the, the highest form. That yeah. That you do to your body. Yeah. The highest form of art, uh, and the lowest form of art, you know, comparatively, like right. allegedly, um, how they both just basically destroy people and will, will destroy a body. Yeah. So it was conceived that way. And it absolutely makes sense. They didn't really show that much in this movie. It was just like it's, no, it's like, more the like emotional aspect yeah. of it in this case because it's and more yeah there were some chubby ballerinas here too <laughs> maybe maybe that's how they were in the 40s but i'm like oh honey no you need to start smoking more and eating less like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was i thought that too about, about the physicality of it at one point it's just you're so i'm so used to seeing dance movies like the toll it's taken on their bodies mm-hmm. and like icing down and all that stuff. But like everybody seemed pretty cool with it. Yeah, yeah. it's a good point. Like, they were drinking and stuff. It's like, hey, we're yeah. having a party. Look at the cake. It's like, no, you can't eat that cake. That's going to restrict right. your thighs. You, you know, have one, to lift you. You can't eat that. You know, one thing I liked about this movie too, and I like about films of that area era is that they're really good at like doing a busy scene with a lot of people yeah. coming in and going yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. Like in the beginning, when the the the, the, the is it Julian is walking Julian, in, yeah. and, and um, he's looking for uh, he's looking for Mister Karst from his staff, and um, he, you know he goes by the women, and she's like, "Well, I'm just a mother. I don't mm-hmm. know anything." And then somebody else is like, "It's upstairs, the down the hall, on like, the right. No, it's over there." Twenty eight skidoo, and like they, you know, they, and, <laughs> you crazy dame, right? And he's going by things that are moving, and it was just all it was a really well choreographed yeah. scene of a lot of stuff happening. And that is fun to watch in these films. They, yeah, it's really yeah. well done. Now, again, like comparatively today, when you see that in movies, it's it's talked about to the nth degree. Right. Like, like people are like, oh, the camera's got to look oh, at how many things it had to cover. Oh, it's one scene. It's just one shot. And it's so impressive. Right. And Michael Keaton is the, the amazing. And he, bleh. I hated that movie, too. <laughs> It was the worst. Um, but now it's talked about then. It's just like, that's how you make movies. Right. That's what you do. Yeah. And I think a good a good deal of it comes from the theatricality. 
1948. Yeah. Everybody working in film, most of them were still coming from theater. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of um, energy and discipline to that movement and everything else. And Michael, pa- I see. I don't know if Michael Powell was. I feel like he had to have been a theater guy at some point. But he had worked in like every facet of filmmaking. He, like, he learned editing. He learned um, direct. Like, he learned everything he needed to know. So that by the time he was directing, he, and I mean, his films are always, like, to watch, like, Martin Scorsese is, like, the biggest fan of Michael Powell, and was very responsible for restoring this movie and kind of rescuing a lot of um, the Archer's films that kind of were not treated well over the years. And you could see why a filmmaker would love this movie. Right. There is so much to watch and to learn from, I think as far as just certain positioning and certain, um, like you're saying, just how things are moving and, and the color is also just, it's all oh, yeah. in this movie. Classic Technicolor oh, too. God, like yeah. when you, it looks like it was colorized when you first look at it. It looks yeah, like it in was, a good way though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like it's like great. somebody saw the movie and then they're like, I'm just going to paint everything a little bit darker now. Yeah. But yeah, like the skin is so pink and yeah, just beautiful. The hair is so red. Yeah. It was very pretty. Christine, you said you have strong feelings about it. Uh, I don't. I'm just bored. It was boring. Yeah, me Like, too. I really tried to pay attention. I really, really did. Because mm. there's aspects of it that I do find compelling. Like, I find the, you know, the story of the Red Shoes interesting. I like Hans Christian Andersen. And then, you know, it's a modern, quote-unquote, take on that. Mm. It's just, it was just a little too... It breathed a little too much for me. There there was a lot of room to move around in this movie. Yeah, that's fair. That's a thing about watching a a movie from another era. I just tried to watch... the Golden Child with uh, with a friend of mine. We were like looking for a movie. Theaters. Oh my god! I don't remember anything about it other than the Bottle Cap Man. How old were you? That was like that was yeah, like eighty five, eighty six or so, five or six. Yeah, you had tiny four. They I. It was e- it was cheaper to bring me to the movies and to pay for a babysitter. Oh, August, that makes sense. So that's but why remember... Maximum Overdrive is like the first movie I remember seeing in the theaters. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I remember loving that movie as a kid. I watched it on cable over and over and over again. But watching it with somebody else, you realize that the time, the distance, but that's 20, what is that, 30 years ago? Oh, God. Point, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, and 30 years ago, movies were just paced differently. Like mm-hmm. the, the action scenes in it were different. And like I, I remember it being like moving at a clip and being really fun and there are monsters and a snake lady and all this exciting stuff but yeah, it it's really, a thrilling movie but but not really not lags. so much now yeah it really lags in a lot of spaces because i built it up to him and i'm like oh you're gonna love it it's mm. so great and then we just we both got bored we ended up falling asleep we didn't <laughs> finish it but the yeah pacing is different we you have to realize that going into a different era like oh, expect yeah. it just can progressively going farther back it just gets slower and slower yeah. Which is funny because they talk so goddamn fast. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and with I mean, with this one, I feel like this should be a lush movie. It should take its time. Uh, but that, that being said, I agree. I think the pacing is odd at times, and I can't put my finger on exactly where the problem is. But it it does. Maybe it's. I think one of the things, and I don't mind it, but it it could have probably started with Victoria instead of Julian. Because in the beginning, you're kind of not you. 
I mean, if I yeah, right. didn't know, like, I probably would have thought Julian is actually, this is his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the first, like, 30 minutes are kind of him, and then you get to meet Victoria and get to know her a little better and and all of that. So I think that may have been the key to tightening it, I guess. Well, also, maybe if you're doing a play within a movie, maybe don't do the entire play. Uh, that, like, was, that was my big complaint to be honest i was waiting like, to hear what you guys had to think about no that. i i like ballet like i used to watch that weird version of the nutcracker Is like call culkin no though <laughs> like the the stage version that they had on vhs yeah. like i used to watch it over and over and over and over again i loved ballet and i do like older movies i love hitchcock i mean that's older different era type stuff even his old stuff you know, but like, man, oh man, did they really have to keep going with that? Hey, Emily. Hey, Jason. Do you know how hard it is for me not to sing at the ballet right now? Everything. You should. It's beautiful oh, at the, the ballet. ballet. Oh, I sound even worse with my sore throat. <laughs> I could never, I, I always had to do Maggie's part anyway, but still. Oh, God. So was everything great when you were at the ballet, <laughs> Christine? Were you yeah, happy? Was there an Indian chief by any chance? Oh, and did he raise his arms? Oh, God. It's did so he hard. Say, Christine, do you want to dance? Oh, I God. hope you didn't. You'd look up and you'd say, Daddy, I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we need to stop the red shoes. This is killing me right now. (laughs) We'll get there. Okay, so. So, So, yeah, about halfway through the movie, there is, people be warned, a 17-minute ballet. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Do you you both genuinely enjoy the ballet? I I actually do. I didn't when I was younger. Like, it was never a thing. When I lived in Russia, I went to the ballet a few times, and that's where I really was like, man, ballet's fucking awesome. It's pretty cool. I like uh, it a lot. When okay, you see I, a good one, when you see it done, um, like, not just when you see, like, the stiff, like, Swan Lake isn't that exciting to me, but yeah. I saw a production of Romeo and Juliet where I was, like, sobbing because they they got me. Um, so I, I do love it now. I didn't okay. when I was younger, but I do now. I, you know, I have, I do have to say I have more um, ballet experience because I have Black Swan and that really good episode of Angel. So that's oh, my experience. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good <laughs> one. So I, 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 I've never been into ballet. Those are the two thing, only two things I've ever enjoyed about <laughs> the ballet. So that's why this movie really lost me. It's hard. I'm like, just dance normal for God's sake. <laughs> Put both feet on the ground. God. Well, this is a movie that because um, ballet was not a theatrical thing back then and gene kelly saw this movie loved it and made um when he did in american paris he wanted he wanted to do a ballet in there and the studio's like no the the people out there they don't want ballet so he like forced he like locked the studio in a room and made them watch the movie uh, and afterwards they're like yeah okay you can put a ballet in that movie and then you had kind of this <laughs> renaissance of ballet on film which you know was a kind of a big Gene Kelly thing, too. But so it had that, like, temporary influence. It was a very big hit. Nobody thought it would be, um, so they were going to kind of shelve it. But then, once people started seeing it, people loved it back then. Mm. Uh, And it, you know, became a touchstone, I guess. And then kind of was lost for a while. Um, People used the term coloreds back then, too. I don't trust anything (laughs) that people were doing back then. Well, here's, I I do want to give a quote from Michael Powell's, I think in his memoir, uh, he said, now this movie's 1948 and something he said about like why he made the movie. 
Uh, we had all been told for 10 years to go out and die for freedom and democracy. And now the war was over. The Red Shoes told us to go out and die for art. Oh, I like okay. that quote. Right? Is that a good one? Yeah. And I kind of like the idea that this is, you know, it, it is not about the world issues or anything like that. It is just about if you are an artist, uh, how is there any balance? Or if you are a true artist, is there no balance? Like when um, L- Lermontov, the kind of uh, our villain, or is he? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, is kind of saying basically like you <laughs> dun, can't, dun, dun. like nobody should like you because he's pissed off that his first ballerina um, gets married and he's like, oh, she'll never be a dancer again. Um, and somebody's like, well, you know, it's human nature to fall in love. And he's like, well, you can't alter human nature. He's like, no, but you can ignore it. Oh, that's a good villain. I really like that. And I, and this, like, something interesting about that character who I, I really, I think he's supposed, you can see him as a villain. You could see him as a monster, but he, he, all he knows and all he cares about is ballet. And he is very good at making these ballets and he knows how to get a great one, but he needs, you know, the people to be great to get there. And, you know, it makes him a monster because nobody actually wants to deal with a guy like that. Um, but I, I kind of love him. Uh, the, I guess, something interesting about uh, that actor is he had done other movies, and I don't know if he was, in real life, if he was, if he was gay and out, or if just he had played very effeminate characters. But they talk a lot, when I was reading about it, about how like, everybody's saying, oh, well, that character is clearly gay. Did mm-hmm. you get that? I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that. I took him as asexual. Somewhat, yeah. The only gay character was uh, what? Oh, I, I, he was like the dance instructor. Yeah. Oh god, the awesome dance instructor. Yeah. Who choreographed a lot of the movie too. Oh. Because okay, they were all so, real dancers. Oh right. Yeah. No, I didn't get that from him. I, I yeah, I got asexuality or just a strong. He's put his sexuality. Maybe not an asexual person, mm-hmm. but he's put his sexuality and his desire aside just for yeah, this fame and for this art. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the end, can we talk about his dress, his snappy dressing? Oh my God. God. It's amazing. I did see this thing today. It was like one of those like cracked.com articles. And it's like, uh, the the comparisons that'll blow your mind and just the image that they use. I didn't even click on the article, but it said, um, like men's shoes from like the, the 1400s and then men's shoes today. And the shoes back then were just these beautifully ornate, like woven things. And it was very intricately designed and there were like beads and there was like a little heel on it. And then today it's like brown loafers. Uh, it's, it, that's the thing that, that draws me into a lot of movies like this, the yeah. fashion and the design. It's just like so immersive and I want to be there. Yeah, And you just see him like, He's having breakfast, like, in his office. Like, he's not yeah. going out to have breakfast. He's in his own office. Breakfast is brought to him. And he's wearing, like, this satin smoking gown. With, <laughs> with like, a fez, a matching it was fez really with it. He's got wooden clogs. Oh. Uh, and then later, he's just, like, lounging in this beautiful red velvet hooded, uh, I, I'm sure, like, caftan or something. I don't know what they call it. But man, does that guy know how to dress? Yeah, that was worth. That's worth the movie. Yeah, just his clothes. Oi, one one could one could change their life if they follow his advice in fashion. Maybe also in ballet, but maybe True. not for the better if they do. That. Yeah, everything would be better. I think I want to do that. I want to just wear a gown to work Please tomorrow. Do. Well, no, you know where to work. You wear to breakfast. Oh right. So you yeah. do you eat breakfast at work? Because you can wear it when you eat breakfast and then change. 
I feel like if I'm wearing something like that, though, I need to eat just like a little poached egg in one of those egg stands, and I need to crack it delicately. The tiniest half a grapefruit. Yeah, teeny tiny silver spoon that you like gently, but you never actually eat it. Like you, you present it in front of you, but then people keep interrupting you, and you never actually eat your food. Yes, and then someone tries to interrupt me, and I'll say good day, and they'll start to interrupt me again. I'll say I said good day. (laughs) Yeah, we got totally what I'm doing. So I mean, that's the red shoes right there. That's all it is. <laughs> um, all right, so let's rate this baby. Oh, <laughs> quality see. film, everybody! Did quality you forget film. too? I do it every. She does. I do. Yeah, I totally. We've been doing the show for like three years now, or something. She forgot. Uh, no, longer will, than that. Longer I will than give that. it for dance ten. Yeah. For no, um, for uh, quality, jo- of quality of film. film. So like, how good a movie is it out of a scale of ten? Um, I would give it a really high score there. I'm going to go nine. It's it's a classic film. It looks beautiful. Mm. It's it's very of its time, but there, there you can't find any flaws with it. It's a classic for a reason. So mm. I, I'd give it a nine. For quality of life, I, I will go a little higher than it may sound like I will. Um, I, I Probably, this is something I'll talk about, and I'm glad that I watched it, even if I didn't enjoy it. So I'll give it a five and a half. Yeah, I mean, just think of how many dancers that did interviews for a chorus line that ended up making things in a chorus line. If they yeah. hadn't seen this movie, they may have not become dancers, and a chorus line might not have been what it was. So seven, actually. Only seven now. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my quality of film. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go eight point seven five, just because I think the pacing is a little problematic. But I think other than that, it is a. Uh, it is. It is a great film. To me, 8.5 and up is always a great film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Christine. Well, um, what about 8. your... 5. Oh, uh, oh cause, <laughs> right, right, right. We do that thing. Um, <laughs> you can tell me the rules. Yeah, quality of enjoyment for me is a 9.25. Wow. I just wow. love it. I love it. just made a it. dying cat noise. This is one that I can... <laughs> that really did sound like a dying cat. <laughs> kind of sounded like Margot Kidder. Have you ever heard Fred... <laughs> you ever heard Freddie tell that story about Margot Kidder at Horror Hound? No, but she I really was, can, I can hear it already. The it's a quick story. She was just like standing, uh, waiting for the elevator. I think and there was like a train of people like coming out of the elevator, and they were all in costume. And she's standing there holding her little dog, and she's looking at these people in costumes going by her. And like when everyone <laughs> passes by, she goes, "Wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow!" <laughs> it's it's amazing. Time. Hi. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, continue. Oh yeah, no, I, I just love the movie. <laughs> okay. Dying Chris- cat sound commence. <laughs> Christine, where are you at? Oh, I said eight point five, and then I'll go um, seven. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I I paid attention to it a lot more than I thought I was. Well, gonna. that's nice of you. I didn't pick up my phone all that many times. I just had trouble focusing because it was so silent I and so slow it's sometimes. Okay. It's okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, I do recommend it's a Criterion Blu-ray, um, so it's got lots of features and stuff. It looks gorgeous, and there is a the commentary track which I didn't listen to, but it has interviews with a bunch of people, including Martin Scorsese. Oh, nice. So if you want to hear him talk about why he loves the red shoes, uh, I, I, I can never just say Martin Scorsese without then attempting to do an impression of him. I don't know why. <laughs> um, maybe it's because we, for whatever reason, we spent, a, Brandon and I spent a lot of time um, doing impress, impersonations of his mother. 
Uh, that, that's a story for another day. She's is she a real person, or are you just assuming what no, you no, think no, of no. mom? No, no, no. She's a real person of, in good. She's in a couple of his movies. Oh, okay. She reminds me a lot of my grandmother. She's oh, this she's tiny, the one that says. Woman. She's the one that says, "I'll have what she's having." That's or, Rob no, Reiner's that's somebody else. mother. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, but you're close. You're really you're, you're there. I mean, yeah, same thing. Basically, the same. <laughs> exactly. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and. Uh, we're going to try not to just keep singing a chorus line songs. You guys oh. can sing the whole thing. It's going to be so hard. It. That's what she said. I hope okay. I get it. How many people does he need? How many people does he? I'll never make it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But everything was beautiful at the ballet. Graceful men lift lovely girls in white. Yes, everything was beautiful at the ballet. I was happy at the ballet. That's when I started class. Up a steep and very narrow stairway to the voice like a metronome. Up a steep and very narrow stairway It wasn't paradise It wasn't paradise It wasn't paradise But it was home or should I say a five, six, seven, eight? Christine, you knew this was coming. I know. I'm prepared. Thank you for not um audibly sighing, if you will. No, I'm I'm here. I'm good. All right, so 1985's film version of A Chorus Line, directed by Sir Richard Attenborough, correct? I didn't look that up. I just assumed I was right about that. I'm right about sure. that, right? Oh. Um, it's I mean, it's what's his name? John Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Attenborough. John Hammond. Oh. John Hammond from no, from Jurassic Park. I I know. John Hammond, the guy who plays John Hammond in Jurassic Park. The guy who built the park. The guy who built the park. Looks like Santa. Looks like Santa Claus. Responsible for the deaths of many people. Also directed a chorus line. I got it. Oh, okay. I thought you were confused. (laughs) (laughs) And he he also directed Magic. Oh, Oh, really? I think I did know that. Yeah. Um, So an interesting career, if you will. Uh, A chorus line, originally a Broadway musical, of course, in 1975. Um, wa- won the Pulitzer Prize, which is not always given out to um, plays or musicals. Uh, it was also, for its time, it was the longest-running show in Broadway history. Eventually, that would change when Cats and Mamma Mia and stuff happened, but at its time, it was the longest-running show. Huge hit, um, based on, uh, compiled, basically, based on all these, like, real interviews with Broadway dancers and everything. That they sold for a dollar. Yeah. There's every some answer. controversy about that. Oh, that's what I've always heard. Every every dancer gave their story away for a dollar. Yeah, because it was, basically, it was, um, it was Michael Bennett and then, um, the two guys whose names I also didn't write down, who were essentially the, the producers of A Chorus Line back when it first was beginning, they were just getting, they all had different friends and they were bringing group, different groups of friends over and saying like, so tell them like, why did you become a dancer? And what is it like to be a, you know, a dancer on Broadway? And everybody would tell their stories. Everything was recorded. And then they all kind of put together this play, a chorus line. And about 10 years into its run, they make a film version of it. 
to uh, varying opinion and success. It was not that successful, I don't think, as a film. Uh, critically, it was very mixed. A lot of people mm. were, as always are, were very d- angry about, you know, oh, it didn't it change this, it, it didn't do this, and so on. Um, and I, I personally think there are a few things they do that they shouldn't have done in changing it for film. Um, but that's kind of the history of it. Now, uh, who would like to give just a rough synopsis of the film? Christine, I think you should take this one. Always think yourself. Oh, take this one. gosh. Um, oh, what is this movie? What isn't this movie about? So it's like a movie about dancing and, and musical theater and stuff, but it's like all takes place at the same casting thing. And, like, people have all, like, this, this, for some reason, Michael Douglas wants to hear about them. This is not what I expected this movie to be like. Be like. What were you expecting it to be? And then there's this fucking obnoxious broad that keeps showing up. Oh. He, he keeps telling her to leave. But Christine, <laughs> what? she is a dancer. Yeah. That's what uh, she is. Yeah. That's what she does. A dancer dances. Give me some body to dance. Okay, anyway. Uh, and that is one of the songs that's changed, actually, for the movie. I really didn't know what to expect. But it's basically just people singing and dancing, telling their story, you know, so Michael Douglas gets to know him so he can pick him for this show, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what's happening. I mean, I, I, you know, he's auditioning for uh, the chorus of a show yes. that he's putting on. It's not even, um, it's no not even leads, the main... No understudies. It's just you are the people that dance in the background of this show. Yeah, and the number from it, one singular sensation, uh, is... That is a song that I know from The Simpsons. Oh, right. (laughs) I mean, that song, they're singing a song about the star of the film, who you never see. It's already cast, he's not even worth... You know, we don't even have to worry about it. The structure of it is interesting. Because, like I said, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't realize it was like... I guess I should have, because it was an actual thing but like that it was all takes place other than the awful flashbacks <laughs> it all takes place on that stage which is extremely interesting i, I yeah, think it's like things a bottle like that episode. are fascinating exactly yeah and it's, i mean then the broadway show that's it it's just yeah. there's the stage and I there's the dancers i yep. never gave it that much thought but then i like zach had said he had he'd actually seen the show at one point mm-hmm. in his life and and i i was like well i guess it all makes sense now why this would take why this would take place like like this in real time basically on the stage which is fascinating to me and then then you get anything that deviates from that like the flashbacks i'm just i'm i'm done i'm out mm-hmm. there were mm-hmm. this was a very this was a very earnest movie and sometimes i got uncomfortable okay. by how earnest it was really what made you uncomfortable like the 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 literal earnestness of of lyrics like i really need this job oh like, yeah god i need this job there's just something about it that just do- there, it doesn't fire in a part of my brain like I, I i feel like a robot malfunctioning do you think you would have felt that way watching it watching a theatrical performance no. versus a film no yeah See, I, I, you know, as much as I love this movie, I don't have it in me to connect to like this drive and this passion that these people have. Because you know, I moved to New, to New York City originally to do stand up comedy. I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to do stand up and then I'm going to write for a sitcom and I'm going to be famous. And so I started doing stand up, and it's really hard. And you yep. work late nights, and then you have to get up and go to work the next day. And, and there and, are and- thousands of people trying to do the same thing. 
Exactly. And I just, I was like, mm, I'm going to quit. And I was mm-hmm. so happy with that decision. And I kind of never looked back. It wasn't my passion. It was something I kind of wanted to do. And then I realized like, oh, it's hard and I don't like it. I know right. that sounds lame, but it's something like I don't have enough passion in me to fight for it. I don't like yeah. an, enough passion for this thing to fight for it. Whereas these people, they did need this job. Like they need that. All they want to do is dance. Like you said, God, I'm a dancer, a dancer dances. All they want to do is dance and they will do anything. They won't work. They'll stand for hours in an audition. They'll destroy their body just so they can have a shitty chorus part in some play. They're not even the lead. They're just going to mm-hmm. be in the background and nobody's going to know their name, but they're going to fight for it. And I don't have that. Yeah, and I think um, some the thing that I really don't like about the movie, and watching, you know, because I had seen the movie way before I listened to the soundtrack of the show or saw a production of the show, mm-hmm. so I didn't have this problem when I was a kid and used to watch it. But watching it now and knowing more about the history of it, the biggest problem I have is how they do pull focus from the audition to Cassie and Zach's relationship. Mm, yeah. So Cassie is a dancer who used to be like an actual star. You know, she was Victoria Page. She could star in a show as a dancer and people knew who she was. And she had a relationship with Zach, Michael Douglas, back in the day. Uh, she left him to go to like California and continue to dance and it didn't work out that way. So she comes back because she wants a job, not because she wants to get back with Zach, but because she hasn't worked and you know what it's a chorus line but what the hell it's a job and that's all she wants to do is dance and the movie really does make a mistake in playing up the oh but they really love each other and let's flash back to when they were happy and let's make a lot of it about their relationship instead of it just being her wanting to dance and her crimped hair and her cr- mm, oh my god the crimped hair. mullet mm, yes please right uh <laughs> Like there, the fashion on this movie is just great because it's it's eighties, but it's like also seventies influence because it's still kind of honoring the show. <laughs> you know, I, I watched this movie one. I think it was a New Year's Eve actually with my friend Jonah, who I already mentioned, and um, we had the best time riffing on this movie as much as I love it. It's still kind of ridiculous. So oh, yeah. there's a there's a part where um, Michael Douglas's assistant uh, asks him, he's like, uh, you know, because Cassie is dressed like a gypsy through this movie. She has all these scarves on and this big flowing dress. Everything's and, baggy. It's very, yeah. yeah. And the assistant asks Michael. Douglas, he's like, why are you being so mean to her? And then Jonah said, God, did you see how she's dressed? (laughs) (laughs) We had the best time watching this movie. It's ridiculous, but it's so good, you guys. It's so good. Yeah, and I want like a fan edited version where they kind of cut out some of the Cassie Zach stuff. Yeah. And just let it focus on that. And the original, what what Michael Bennett originally wanted to do when they decided they they were going to start thinking about a film adaptation. What he wanted to do was he wanted to make the film as if it was um, dancers auditioning for the film version of A Chorus Line. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it'd be very meta. Uh, There's a documentary, uh, Jason, I don't know if you saw it, called Every Little Step. No, I did not. Oh, you have to find it. Uh, It is a documentary that was made right before they did the Broadway revival in like 2006 or so, that was. And yeah, the documentary about right. is about casting for the Broadway revival. So it's it's kind oh. of like a it's it's again it's 
it is the people that audition for the Broadway musical version of A Chorus Line, and it's done in the same way. Like, there's these two girls who are both young Asian female dancers, and they're, like, best friends, and they're talking about, they're like, yep, once again, I'm up against my friend, because we're always up against each other, because there's so few roles for somebody like us. Like, and so it's very, like, in the business, and it's pretty much what a modern version of A Chorus Line would be. Oh, um, So everybody should seek it out if you have any interest in it. Every Little Step is what it's called. But that was Michael uh, Bennett's original plan. Like, he wanted to make it that way, and the studio was like, no, that sounds weird. We'll just do a standard musical and add more romance to it. Yeah. So And, and it and, worked. Yeah, it works, except I think, again, once you know a little more about A Chorus Line, I think it is really bothersome that they give such weight on this relationship when I really just want it to be about the dancers. Mm, that's fair. That's completely fair. But speaking of, uh, well, speaking of nothing, I want to, can we talk about the song? <laughs> because, like I write, I'm the king of segues. Um, I just went off a cliff with mine. Um, so I'm not a big dance fan, but I am a big musical fan. And that's what draws me to this movie. Um, I appreciate dance, but when it's in conjunction with really good songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the songs are what works for me. So do you want to go through the songs? Yes, and see, I like, do. What, absolutely. Christine, are you, are, you, are you ready for this? Sure. We're, we don't have we don't have to sing them all, but we probably no. Will, you but, can sing them all. We, I, you know, I mean, I'd be a little disappointed if you didn't. Okay, good. Um, so there's. Uh, I hope I get it, which we mentioned before. Which um, is the it, opening, and I think on Broadway, like this is like a 13 minute song because it's all oh, yeah. like the opening overture is just addition, 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 and people getting cut, and then people yeah. coming back, and then the, now, now the boys, only the girls, and it keeps going on and on. <laughs> now and the girl in the pink, come to the right. front. You with the gum, get rid of the gum. Get rid of the gum. It, it goes on and on and on, and it's it's really well staged in the in the film production. It, it it it's cut down, but it's really well staged, and you feel that frenetic energy of of this. Oh, and because this love is it. yeah, this is just like the. I, I mean, it's all a casting call, but this is just a cattle call. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you know, your no, your thighs are too big, you're too short, you're too Asian, whatever. Yeah. So there's that. I love that song. Um, I can do that. Oh yeah, with with the cutie. Right from Greece too. Yes, he's in Greece too. He was in Greece too. He has a small part in um, the uh, what the song about doing it, where like oh, they're in the classroom. Um, what yeah, called? Where does the stamen go? Yeah, that song. He's one of the production. Reproduction. You guys are getting he's a bonus because you're getting us singing songs from Greece too. <laughs> right. He's one of the singers in the background. Okay. I when I watched that movie, I was like, God, how do I know that guy? And that's when IMDb existed, and um, I went and looked song, it up. I mean, I just think he's really cute. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's adorable. Yeah. He's got that like kind of broken nose and mm-hmm. that Jersey look. He's yeah, he's great. Uh, fun um, fact too: uh, him and the actress who played Maggie, who I saw when I saw Tommy on Broadway, um, they are married in real life. Oh, nice! They met on this film and fought, fell in love. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's very sweet. Um, at the ballet, which, which we also oh, talked about. Yeah, and which and at the ballet is it is a it's a trio it is three women singing about the different like they were unhappy one because she didn't have a dad one because she was ugly and one because her um dad, dad was awful and she slept on around a lot and uh i i mean this is a gorgeous song yeah. i think christine did you like this song no oh okay so oh, yeah please point <laughs> out if you do like a song uh, i don't think i liked any songs i think okay. that some some of them were less um some of them were 
I liked some less than others. <laughs> it's just it's just not for me. I'm not a big musical right. person. It takes me a lot to be a musical person. So I'm already coming into this predisposed mm-hmm. to not like it. Yeah. Yeah, and this even though it's a little grittier than a lot of musicals, it's still characters talking and then the music starts playing and they break out into song. So it is still a musical. Right. And they just kind of all know the steps and they yeah. all know the words yeah. and yeah. Um, the next one is Sing, um, kind of a novelty song. No, it's not Sing. Well, I don't mean I don't mean chronologically. No, no. Oh, you mean it's not in this movie? No, it is. No, it's not. I could never See, really, I sing. really sing. What I couldn't, what I couldn't do, do is sing. sing. I could never really sing. Sing. No, yeah, it's it not in the movie. Remember, this it, is I don't one of the think, songs that's cut. I don't no, it, think I know what this is. It's a hundred percent in this movie. No. I only I only saw the stage production once, and I oh wait. Now I'm th- maybe I'm confusing the soundtrack with the movie. You are. You're right. I am. Oh shit! Sorry. That's okay. Was, because that's what I would listen to the soundtrack over and over. Right, and the, I mean I, that's my, my song because it's about a woman who couldn't sing. Um, and her supportive husband who takes yeah. care of her. And again, fun fact: uh, there's a lot of fun facts about the cast. Uh, the actress who plays in Christine in this movie. Hey, there's somebody oh. with my name in this. It movie. is, and she's kind of blonde <laughs> and kind of dumb. Um, she's pretty dumb. She was maybe my favorite, though. She's awesome. Daughter of Bob Fosse and Anne Ranking. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is she dance be a royalty great dancer. right there. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Renee Bauman. No, this is the cast. No, it is um like something Fosse, I think, her last name. Yeah, you're right. It's like no, Jennifer I'm looking- Fosse or... I'm looking at the uh, soundtrack. Okay. Um, but uh, Hello 12, Hello 13, Hello Love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is which our is... kind of puberty song. Right. I didn't. I liked this one the least. Aww. I was telling, uh, <laughs> when you were going to the bathroom, I was telling um, Emily that I when I went and saw the stage production of this, I didn't really understand that it was going to be still set in the 70s. I thought since it was a, you know, a revival, I thought it was more like a remake, like a movie remake mm-hmm. and they were going to update it. So I remember thinking like how are they going to update that song? Like who is going to be Robert Goulet? Nothing song? rhymes with Robert Goulet. <laughs> right? and, and a lot rhymes with Robert Goulet, but nothing rhymes with Zac Efron. Or whoever or else they want to Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Tatum. Oh my god. Oh my Channing god. Channing Tatum. Tatum. <laughs> I thought that they would update it, but they just kept it original, like as it was. So it's still <laughs> set in the seventies. Um, so the next one was oh nothing. I they, love that song. Oh nothing I is because felt... nothing I can like kind of sing because it's all in like an alto range. Oh nice. Yeah. Nothing day, is the song for about... a week. We would try to feel the motion. Feel the motion down, down the, the hill. Mr. Cop, he would say, very good, good except, except Morales. Try Morales all alone. alone. This is the song about the girl who had a really shitty teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she realized... She dug right down to the bottom of her soul to see how an ice cream felt. <laughs> right? Oy vey, yeah. She, yeah, she dug right down to the bottom of her soul and she tried to melt. Um, I love this song, and actually, uh, weird weird story about the song. When I watched A Nightmare on Elm Street Five, The Dream Child, with my mother in the theater, okay, um, it's my least was, favorite of those movies. Probably. Yeah, uh, uh, granted, I still kind of love that movie. But um, when my mother was convinced that the actress who played Alice's best friend was the woman from A Chorus they Line, they do look alike a little I can bit, see that. and. I, but I was, I was like, no, absolutely, it's not. And this was in the '90s. IMDb didn't exist. Yeah. The internet didn't really even yep. exist at that time. So we had, we could not prove it. We finally, <laughs> um, 
We went through all these machinations to try to figure this out. <laughs> we ended up calling Hollywood. Hello, Hollywood. Plumbuck 579. And we and called. And say hello a, to Kermit the Frog for me. Right? We called a bunch of different talent agencies and asked <laughs> if anybody knew who represented these actresses. We got their names. Wow. And then we called around until somebody represented one. And we were, and I don't remember which one we found. And we're like, do you, was this this actress in That's a chorus amazing. line? And they're like, no, sorry. And I was like, ha ha. And I won $50. That's. <laughs> After $89 of long-distance calls to Hollywood. <laughs> That's, I am so impressed with the legwork you put in there. <laughs> Me and my mom would do she that all the time. They don't know what they have no, to I, mean, I remember for years there was arguments about whether or not Kathy Bates played the chef in Clue. Just because uh, like, we'd never yeah. seen another large woman in a movie, so we were convinced that was Kathy Bates. Obviously, she is Asian. Yes, so right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so the, the next song, uh, the music and the mirror. Now this is again from the album. Uh, right is that in, the in the movie, movie, it is. I guess let me dance for you. So it's a similar song, and it's really odd. Like I don't oh, understand yeah. what they do in the movie because they kind of take the frame of that song and they like remix it basically. And it goes from the song about and it's Cassie. It's the same idea. It's Cassie singing about how. She can, you know, no matter what happens in life, she can dance and she loves dancing and that's all she needs in life is to dance. With long percussive instrumental breaks for her to roll her head around. Well, obviously. And lots of mirrors. And there's mirrors. I don't know why they don't have the mirrors in the song. But it's a weird, like, I don't don't mind the song, but I think people that were, like, really, really fans of the album and of the original show are like, why the hell would you change that song? So... Interesting. Yeah. I need to I, I need to watch the movie again because Grant so a fun fact, I didn't watch this movie when we were planning to do this. I didn't rewatch it. I didn't have time. But, but I've seen this movie seen it so many times. A million times. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for easy for me to talk about. Um so next I think is everybody's favorite movie, uh, or favorite song from the movie, Dance Ten Looks Three. Yep, which I've karaoke the fuck out of before. Oh, I bet you do a yeah. great job. Now that what is that actress's name? Well, really fun fact about this actress. Her name is Audrey Landers. Yes. Audrey Landers was an actress and was in many things. You know what she wasn't? Murder she wrote. Oh, oh, I wasn't even gonna say that. I was gonna oh. say you know what she was not. She was not a dancer. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they and this is like a great like asshole move on the producers. They for whatever reason went with her for this part, even though like everybody else was doing their own dancing. They just, I guess they couldn't find a dancer that had the right look, maybe, for uh, um, What look would that be? What what attributes might she have had? Um, perhaps <laughs> uh, looks 10. Tits and, and ass. ass. Bought myself a fancy, fancy pair. pair. Tightened up the derriere. Did the nose with it. All that goes with it. Yeah. Anyway. So, the point being... Um, but so they, they cast her, and if you notice, like, if you look closely, you'll see she's not in a lot of the group dances. Oh, And then if you look, like, really closely, you can see a body double for when she is in them. But oh, you want to know what they did that's really fucked up. Uh, I don't know the actress's name, but they they asked the original, like, Val, who originated the role on Broadway, uh, was kind of like, oh, you know, I could do the part in the movie. And they were like, could you be her dance double? And oh. she was like, fuck oh, wow. you, no. So... Ooh, bad move. Yeah, that's way harsh. We don't like you enough to be in the movie. But like, but... can you just, you know, like we're just gonna hide your face, right? It's a little, it's a little buttery, but. <laughs> Christine, did you like this song? Did you uh, hate not hate this song? This one was all right, I guess. Right? Yeah, 
Yeah. Also, you- this is like my one of my a line that I've used a lot in life. Um, not in the right context, but the let's get one thing straight. I never heard of the red shoes. I never saw the red shoes. I don't give a fuck about the red shoes. Because <laughs> uh, a couple, we haven't mentioned it, but a couple of the dancers in this movie talk about how that was like the thing that made them want to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Val comes up. He's like, no, I want it to be Rockette. But like, I, I love the way she says that. And I've used it for other things in life where people were talking about something that I didn't know. I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck. I, I wanted to eat cheese or whatever it was. <laughs> You know, um, this made me appreciate the Rockettes as well. This movie made me actually take note. I never really knew what a Rockette was, but then I went and saw the Radio City Christmas show spectacular um, based solely on this film. I wanted to go see the Rockettes, so I went and saw that. They are fantastic. They are all tens. Amazing bodies, perfectly in sync and rhythm. I was blown away Mm. by the things that they, the synchronicity of them. They're amazing. So it takes a lot of control. I love them. Uh, the next song on the list is one of obviously one singular sensation. The, the I think the song that's most well known mm-hmm. from this. It, uh, you know, jumping ahead a little bit to the end of it. When you were a kid, I think you and I have talked about this. Remember, there, there's I don't know exactly how many people on stage, but about twenty or so. But they only have like eight slots. And so they say, like, you know, a lot of you aren't going to get in, or maybe just about half of you are going to get in. And at the end number of the movie, that shows the eight that get in, and they're dancing, and then, like, the credits start to roll, and then the other people start dancing. And they're, and then the it goes back, and then, like, everybody uh, who auditioned and was in the movie right, is there dancing. Pants is dancing. Yeah, they're all dancing. And I was like, oh, my God, he hired them all. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I thought that for years, but then I thought that for a second, too, until Zach set me straight. Yeah. yeah, don't you just want to believe that, though? Yeah, he's like, I do. He's like, yes, I just love them all so much. some of the ones that get cut, I'm like, you should have cast her instead. Um, but I also, like, it's another one of those things where I'm like, you know, and this is, Roger Ebert points this out in his review, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes more sense. Like, they should have shown them the eight that get in doing it, and then shown, like, the rest of them, like, packing up and going to another audition, and, like, I don't know, there's something kind of... Like to, even though it's not a happy ending, um, I don't think it should let you think that it's a happy ending. Yeah, but that's that's Hollywood. They yeah. were, were they, they got a package. That, that to me is the flaw of this. Like this movie's a little too Hollywood for what it should have been. Like it it should have shown then you know a character that didn't get cast like going home and telling his wife or you know going home and icing her feet or right. you know a character sitting in the hospital realizing he'll never dance again or, or whatever yeah you want to do. but I can I don't even think I can critically agree with you I love it so much the way it is That's and fair. I and I you know it's like those things where you just choose to believe one thing or another oh, sure. like like in um uh the Guillermo del Toro movie uh Pan's Labyrinth. I, Pan slapper. Thank yep. you. You know exactly. I, know exactly I what choose you're to believe it's all true, and she lived forever as a princess. As a princess in, under- in a fairyland. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I'm just choosing to believe that in the Buffy world. I'm choosing to believe that she wasn't ever crazy and in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. That was oh, just some weird dream from the yep. from the Pagogo demon the or whatever. Christmas evil. Nope. He becomes Santa Claus. He ascends yeah. to heaven as Santa Claus. I don't want to <laughs> hear about. Oh, you can hear the car crashing. Nope. Nope. I didn't hear it. Exactly. I, there's just some things I choose to believe in this movie. I'm choosing to believe that he hired them all, every single one of them. <laughs> and he magically cured Paul's knee. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the next song, What I Did for Love. Um, Another is, very controversial song. 
a big breakout hit. This was like actually a number one song when when the uh, I don't know if it was uh, it was I guess it was based on the stage production in the seventies, right? I think and the so. Only I think I, the stage. I mean, this is back in the and it's actually happening again now with Hamilton. But this oh, was right. back when like a stage musical because it's right around the time of Jesus Christ Superstar, so it's when like a stage mm. musical could be a best selling album. Yeah, that's true. And so this one was like a played on the radio, mm-hmm. a big hit. It's it was kind ballad, of everywhere. Like, yeah. And the reason I know that is from uh, Tales of the City, Armistead Maupin's show on PBS. Uh, the characters are talking about it on that show, like what wow. a huge hit it, w- hit it was. Well, and here's I didn't another know big change from the stage show to the movie. Mm. Curious, what is Chris- it? Christine, let me ask you, what do you think she did for love? And what love is she talking about? I don't know. Oh, so, oh, I think I get it. I Do you think... In the stage version, this isn't Cassie's song. Okay. Oh, Morales sings it, and then everybody else kind of joins in. Wait, who sings it? Morales. Oh, interesting. The idea being, it's there's love isn't the you know love of a person; it is the love of dance. It's I'm uh, you know kissing a goodbye, point me towards tomorrow. The gift was ours to borrow because we're not going to have it forever. It um, should have been all about dancing and yeah. not about. Agreed. Michael Douglas, and yeah. it's and that's what it is. I think it's like after Paul gets hurt, where she sings it, and the idea being like, this is such a short-lived profession. You're not going to be doing this forever. Um, you have to love it to do it, and it, it's it yeah. makes sense for why then everybody joins in because it is they're they've all given up something to be dancers. You know, I love movies like this, and I don't even really realize it until like actually maybe right now. But um, <laughs> the movie Whip It. Remember that movie mm-hmm. with Drew Barrymore? I loved that movie I like because that movie. Oh, there's this one scene where you know she's trying to convince her parents like to let her do this, and she is just emphatic about she's like, "This is a part of me. I love this, and I yeah. need to do this," and just like really selling it hard. And I've really felt that moment. I love seeing people passionate about yep. something on screen, and even if it's something I don't care about, like I love football movies if the characters love football mm-hmm. sure. and that's all they want to do. And that's why this movie. I think that's part of the reason that this movie speaks to me in addition to all the great songs i i I just love seeing people's passion for something they know will probably destroy them and they're Mm -hmm. not gonna have for long and etc etc but they have to do it yeah and i mean and that is what the original intent behind that song is i mean when cassie is singing it it ultimately sounds as if you know she's singing it for zach and i right uh, i hate that um but you could kind of try to pretend that she's singing it about dance too yeah i'm gonna choose to believe that too yeah that's fine so I think that's all the songs, except they do a reprise of one mm-hmm. at the end when everybody is dancing and you get to hear the longer version of it. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the sad thing, too, is that we don't get Terrence Mann singing. I, you know for uh, you know who I thought he was? Have Tim we Curry. Talked to, yeah. yeah. Did, I, did I tell you this, or did you think so, too? Oh, no, just because I think they often get – because they're about the same age. They are both musical performers and, uh, and film actors – and you could I, – I know Terrence Mann actually did um, Frankenfurter on Broadway at one point. Like, oh. I'm sure they've done the same parts. He was in Critters, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I thought that was Tim Curry for years. I until they, they really do look alike. Yeah. Both men are incredibly sexy, I think. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he was hot in this movie. Yeah. Like, I, I, I kind of love that look, too. I want to bring that back of uh, – The curly hair mm-hmm. with the headband? No, I do like that. <laughs> Because I'm but rooting for it. Really kind of baggy sweaters um, okay. with just a lot of arm hair sticking out. Yeah. 
Okay. You know, like at the sleeves, you just have like that, 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 I mean, I don't have that, but I'd have to get hair implants, but I actually <laughs> might. Um, but just like a baggy Nanotechnology. sweater. They're doing it all the time, right? Just, just like men wearing like flash dance sweaters. Like okay. that needs to come back. I I'm love that look. I'm not going that. I, I support that decision. And I thought he was super sexy wearing that in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I just and, think he's so sexy in this. And just barking instructions. Step, yeah. kick, kick, knee, kick, step, touch. Turn, again. again, step, kick, kick, knee, <laughs> kick, touch. Oh, he's just, yeah, he was very sexy. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Folks. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think other fun facts about the cast. Well, Cassie was on Party of Five one time. Oh. I think she played um, uh, the Ghost Whisperer's mom <laughs> on Party of Five. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I think she played her mom because I, I that casting. was watching it at a friend's house. I never really watched that show, but I was at a friend's house and it was on. And again. IMDb wasn't really a thing, and I was like, who is this woman? It's driving me crazy! And then it finally dawned on me, and it was Cassie. And she's also played a judge on um, Law & Order a couple times. Yeah, her IMDb is interesting. Yeah, she's worked a lot. She has, in this movie, she has beautiful legs. Yeah. She's one of those actresses that looks chubby, but she looked great in her leotard, and I'm trying not to judge, but like... she just has a, a wide face, I think. Yeah. But when I first saw her, I was like, well, she doesn't really look like a dancer. Yeah, but then, also because she's dressed like a bag lady, doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, and, you know, the, the actress who played Judy, Janet Jones, uh, married to Wayne Gretzky in real oh, life. Oh, right. Oh, fun. Also she in A League on... of Their Own, and I don't remember her in that, which is weird because I've seen that movie a lot. Oh, God, yeah. I just Oh, I should have put that on my list. I recently just watched that. It's and awesome. I think I texted you the night that I was watching it because I, I knew you that you'd too. approve. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't it? it's just amazing. It's so yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, Judy was actually on uh, an episode of Saturday Night Live back in the '90s when Wayne Gretzky hosted. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah I think she was in a Wayne's World sketch. She was like uh, their their perfect woman okay. because she was like a model, quite the sex symbol. Yeah, I mean, back she's in the gorgeous. Day. She, yeah. she actually looks a lot like Vanna White. Yeah, she does. Oh. You're right. Uh, and another, I think, one more fun fact about the cast is Matt West, who plays Bobby who might be my favorite character. Which um, one is Bobby? Remind he's me. the blonde, the, the, the gay... Um, oh, yeah. The one, I think, who says... Who couldn't keep it up? Uh, no, 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 no. That's, um, that's Gregory, I think. Oh, he's the one that is doing his little monologue. And he's yeah, like, yeah, Not yeah. If I could think of anything all. I was ashamed of, I would have tried it years ago. Yeah. He has a he lot of great. really good lines. Uh, he what's, Here's what's really funny about him. So I look him up on IMDb and I see known for The Sweet Hereafter and Last Night, which are two amazing Canadian films. Mm-hmm. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, I don't remember him in those movies. And I've seen both a few times. And I look him up and it's like, crew, driver for The Sweet Hereafter and Last Night. I'm like, oh, here's this man who's clearly a talented dancer who was the driver. But then I happen to like Google him and I see... Well, no, he's also like a famed choreographer who choreographed Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Oh, interesting. Which originally starred, fun fact, Terrence Mann. Uh, oh. But it's just very odd. Like, I guess on the side, he does driving for Canadian film productions. Girls gotta eat. I guess so, yeah. You know, fun fact about Sheila, the actress who played Sheila, Vicky Frederick. Oh, yeah, Frederick, she's, been, she's been around, too. She has, and for the longest time, I thought she was red from Orange is the New Black. Um, oh, I could see that. Doesn't she look exactly yeah, like yeah, her? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought what's that her name? was Kate Mulgrew. Uh, 
came over. I thought have that deep voice, which yeah, and like kind of a wide jaw and like yeah, very you get statuesque. the feeling they went up against each other a lot for parts yeah. back in the day. I did like the in, the the way that uh, Michael Douglas is again. There's this brevity of relating characters, showing how they know each other. Yes. Michael Douglas and Sheila, you know that they have a history. Mm-hmm. She's probably just auditioned for years. She's been around. They know each other. They know a lot of the same people. Yep. It's never really talked about, but you know that they have a history, and I love that. Yes, me too. And, you know, speaking of lines that we steal from this movie, I know you steal the, like, I don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. the red shoes. I always steal, can we smoke? Can the adults, adults please smoke? smoke? <laughs> Sheila, I mean, I Sheila has so many great one-liners. Um, the Valium. He's, the, she's like, is, please, I've taken three have, today. Yeah. And the um, when Larry's going around, it's like, how many people are they casting? Uh, four girls, four boys. Need any women? <laughs> yes. God, I love Sheila. She's uh, the best. And I think I don't see again. Fun fact: uh, in I don't know if it was the original production or during the, just in the original production at some point. Um, the mom from Dirty Dancing, who was also the grandma on Gilmore Girls, yeah, played Sheila. Oh, and I you can, can see if that. If you Google that, you can see her singing at the ballet, and she was fantastic. Oh, absolutely! I can and totally just, you picture can see her it in my giving mind. like the monologue before at the ballet, and she's just so good. Yeah, like, such a good part. Like that's the part I would want if I could actually sing and dance. Um, and the other fun thing too is, I mean, they're dancers, so age is a big thing. But mm-hmm. when they talk about age, my God, doesn't that make you feel old? All right. It's like Sheila's the oldest one up there, or before Cassie comes, and she's. 30. I'm going to be 30 real soon. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's always saying, you know, she's probably almost been 30 for, for a really a very long time. long time. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to talk about, but I think we've talked about so much. I just love this movie and I love the cast. They're also likable. Yeah. And, you know, I love a big ensemble. Well, there's um, uh, Connie Wong. Always um, Wong, never right. Right? Never white. She- she is she's fantastic and i love her was well, she can't do ballet yep and no, tap, uh, i just tap, tap, tap. my strong suit yeah i can see that right and i i just love i i don't know i've always loved that part just because um it's just that one thing it's it reminds me of that friends episode where joey wants to go up for this role but he's not he's he's circumcised and his character needs to be un, uncircumcised <laughs> and he's like you know that's what you you always just say yeah i can do it and then you just learn how and and Monica's like, this isn't like riding a bike. This is like growing a turtleneck. And but I, lo- I love that she just goes in there and she's like, I am gonna fake this yep. like a motherfucker. <laughs> That's what acting is all about, faking That's it. That's true. And you, you'd be surprised how much you can get away with. Exactly. Oh, and Paul's story. This is one of the first gay characters I saw on screen too. Oh, I could see that. And honestly, for me too, probably. I think that might be a big reason that it spoke to me. Like, you know, when you're a little gay kid, you will look for anything that's any semblance of a gay character, even if it's not overt. It's just like, oh, I bet that character's kind of gay. And like, there's just a little reference to it. That's what the cellulite closet's all about. And it's really true. But to actually have a a lot of people are saying, like, Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac's character in The Force Awakens, how great it would be if they kind of keep that. Because, like, somebody yeah. watching that could kind of say, like, I think he's gay. And, you know, I'm really torn on that because, like, obviously I want his character to be gay, but I kind of don't want ov- an overtly gay character in right. Star Wars. And I feel bad about that. I'm like, 
why don't I want that? But I don't want him to have to out himself or to, you know, to say and to have it because I doubt that they're the main reason is I doubt they're going to give him a happy love story and a a love interest. So I'd rather just nothing and leave it somewhat obscure. And I think that's what um, what people are kind of saying and kind of hoping that. It's just, he just never has a love interest in the movies, and there's just always, like, he just continues to be who he is in the movies, and that, like, there's just, you could watch it and kind of think, like, maybe? Yeah, and I'm fine with that, yeah, actually. At this point in our society, I am completely fine <laughs> yeah. with that. Um, did you see, uh, what is that, that, the Australian Outback movie, you know, the horror movie about the guy who kills people? and Wolf Creek? Uh, Wolf Creek. Did you see part two? Yes. Yeah. That character conversation. Yeah, well, that character is obviously. I'm sorry, Christine. I knew this would happen. We got about this movie so hard. I apologize, but it's okay. Wolf Creek now. The Wolf Creek Two, the the main character in Wolf Creek Two, who becomes the main character. You think it's going to be this Mm -hmm. woman, and it turns out to be this guy. I think he's obviously a gay character. That's how I read it. And you might not have interpreted that because you don't have like you're not looking right, like I'm not I was looking for it, but I could see that. Once that you I was said con- it's like, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I mean, I was conditioned to like every gay kid is conditioned to like look for those subtle clues. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he doesn't have any female interest whatsoever. Yeah, he's he's writing by there's and I I wish I could remember specifics, but it might just be an overall feeling mm-hmm. that they left it vague enough so that you could put that on the character. That's a really interesting. I never would have thought to look at it that way, but it does make sense and it makes it much more interesting yeah if you so i've always consider him like the first gay survivor girl first okay. gay male survival survivor girl <laughs> in the film <laughs> but yeah with, but with the chorus line you get you don't just get one gay character you get three yeah a better than center stage where you get one yeah, in an entire true. dance troupe. that's true yeah uh, come on but it's and it's three and, and i mean they're not you know you don't find out everything about them but there's a big difference between Paul and Gregory. Like just in and you get a kind of coming out story from one and the other one you, you don't get much of, but I like that too that and I wonder if that was ever a studio question of do we need to make it less gay? Right. Um and they don't. I mean as far as I know from the stage production, I don't know that it maybe there's more to it. Uh but you still I mean, I don't feel like they shortchange the gay characters at all. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't either. Yeah, and I love that. Uh, you know, speaking of speaking of being totes gay bones, um, <laughs> the uh, the guy who uh, in Sing, uh, which isn't in the movie, but the, he's married to the blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, Christine. Who? Yes. Right. I remember her. <laughs> who is he? He was wasn't he the other brother in? Um, uh, the Goonies, the Capelli, Capellelli. No, no, that would be Robert so. DeVee or Joe Pantoliano. Oh, so Robert DeVee. Aldo Luca is played by Tony Fields. Oh, okay. So that's not the same person. Not the same person. Tony Fields dead. was in, oh, Trick yeah. or Treat. Oh, he was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote. I saw that. L.A. I mean, Law. Every, truth, I didn't check it, but I'm guessing everybody in this movie, other than Michael Douglas, was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. I would bet a million dollars on that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the he quality was, cast. Yeah, no, he's been in things. He was at Trick or Treat, the, um, is it the Alice Cooper, not the Alice Cooper one. The, I mean, the 1980, like, rock horror movie, he was in that. 
Um, yeah, which and so I like a that lot name. of other '80s stuff. And you, I'm sure, you might have seen him before. on TV because he's in a couple of TV stuff. He was super cute. I thought he, he was really just cute. adorable. No, just I that, agree. like he's cute. That muscle juice head. I yep. felt so Snooky watching him. <laughs> I'm like, that's totally the type that Snooky would go after, and mm-hmm. me too. And he also has um, when he introduces himself, he has like, I really love his introduction, which is, I'm not the smartest up here. I'm not the best dancer. But you know that I'm going to put in eight shows a week, and I'm going to I'm going to do everything you ask me to do. Um, and spoiler alert, he doesn't get cast. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that's a really interesting. You know, uh, just I, I really like that because it has this. It, it gives you that guy for one thing, right? Which is different from everybody else up there who's like, I'm I am a great dancer. He's saying he's like, I know I'm not the best, but I'm I'm going to put in the work, and I'm going to. I'm going to give you everything you ask for. Um, but, you know, for a lot of reasons, and we don't really see the reasoning behind Zach's decision, he doesn't make it. So. Yeah, well, and isn't he the one, not too, that, like, when they ask him his story, it's very um, disjointed, and he's just like, you know, we're all up no, here. No, that's, um, that's the guy who's the waiter. <sighs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I love that moment. Because he's just, like, early on in the film, he's like, oh, I have to go to my day job. And it's like, well, you're not going to make your day job. You're probably going to get fired from your day job. And his speech is basically like, I'm married. I have a wife. I don't, and it's just this, like, rambling, weird little monologue that makes no sense. And and it, and I love it because I find it really funny. And he doesn't get through either. He doesn't, yeah. And he probably lost his job. He probably lost his job. What a sad story. (laughs) Right? Yeah, this Fuck movie's you, heartbreaking. Zach, you're a dick. Can I just say before we go, uh, I just found this really funny. I, I, I have the TV on in the background, and Tron is on. And I, I for the longest time, I thought this was Tron Legacy because I haven't seen this. And uh, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, my God, these special <laughs> the aging effects are amazing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the reverse of like, the effects were really bad. Is it just that it was in 3D and it looks weird on my TV now? And I was like, Bruce Boxleitner, that looks just like he (laughs) did back in 1982. I'm amazed by this. That happened to me watching, um, like one day I turned on the TV, I was like home for whatever reason, it might have been a holiday, and Days of Our Lives was on, and I'm like, wow, Kristen and Hope have not aged a day. I haven't watched the show in like 15 years. They look amazing. Um, like the lighting on soap operas is really great for your skin, and then I like hit info, and it was like classic days of our lives from 1995. Oh my god! Okay. They do that now. They show old ones. It, I think it was a special day. Oh, I think it was like New Year's Day or something. Although, in uh, fairness, I bet Hope still looks exactly the same. You're right. Yeah, you she you said it before. Does, yeah, they have they have that special plastic surgery that they reserve for just soap stars, for soap opera actors, and Vanna White. Yeah, nobody else. But although Vanna White, that's a lot of like long distance and Vaseline and a lot of camera tricks. Well, I'm I have two theories on this. One is that Vanna White drinks the blood of virgins every day. Mm-hmm. The other is that Vanna White and Pat, Pat Sajak are like are dead. Like that all Wheel of Fortune episodes were actually recorded between the years 1983 <laughs> and 1989, and they just recorded so many that we've actually like. Because notice, like the contestants on Wheel of Fortune are never wearing like, you know, t-shirts that have movies on them or anything like current. Like it's always like sweatshirts or interesting. Suits. So I think it was all Wheel of Fortune was made in 1985. I'll completely agree. Yeah, yeah, that's my thought. Um, Christine, any final thoughts about a chorus line? Oh man. <laughs> I guess I'm glad I watched it. Are you though? I don't think you are. Um, 
No, I mean <laughs> it. It opened real rough for me. That first song was was tough. Um, God, I hope I get it. Yeah, I but I it got it. a little bit. I got a little bit easier after that. I guess. I don't know. I'll never ever watch it again. All right. <laughs> That's fair. Well, this seems like a good time to rate. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christine, let's. You're on it. Let's go ahead and. I, I'm sorry. I'm taking control of the show. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see what you good. what what grade you give this. Um, quality of film. Yep. Um, I guess I'll go six point five because I liked the um, like the format of it. I just wish they would have committed a hundred percent to it. Okay. okay. Let's see that. And quality of life. Um, <laughs> four point five. Oh, okay. It's 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 at least on the board. That's all we yeah, can ask for. It is a movie. I liked it a little bit less than average, right? That's fair. That's yeah, fair. that's fine. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Like, I didn't rage watch it. So, your uh, disdain for musicals, does that extend to, like, Disney musicals and just all musicals? Do you not enjoy singing in films? Um, do you hate most- life, Christine? Why do you hate life? No, no, no. I think <laughs> Emily and I have talked about it a couple times. I-, I can't really pin it down. Like, I don't like... I don't like literal singing where you're telling me what you're doing. Like, mm. like I tried to watch Into the Woods and I got like five minutes into mm. it and off. Like that's really not not my scene. Okay. Mm. Huh. But so, what is a musical that you do like? Can you give me an example, um, like a baseline? I like Labyrinth and I like okay. Phantom of the Paradise, and I'm okay. sure there's okay. a few Disney ones that I like. Okay, okay, yeah. that's good. I liked the Little Mermaid when I was little. Okay, that's fair. Good, I'll get okay, just making sure that you do enjoy some uh, I do. Some I, musicals. Have a, I have a soul. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. That's what I was checking. Yeah, I mean it's always interesting to me because I mean I just I adore musicals. I always have. But so often I hear people like, Oh, I hate musicals and it's like, Well, what about this? They're like, Oh yeah, the Wicker Man's cool. It's like, Yeah, well that's yeah, for sure it's a musical. You, and so you it's can't always just write off the entire Right. Like process. I think there is always there's A, there's exceptions, and then there's also like, Okay, what about it do you not like? Then let's work with that. Let's find something that you do. So I uh, don't worry, I have a list of ones that I think you might actually like. Oh, yeah, we'll work on this. But we'll give you a break before we get there. So <laughs> don't worry. Um so my quality of film, quality of life, it's hard because I can't figure out if my um, my issue of what it changes from the play, if that's quality of life or quality of film issue. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I know. So I'm going to say quality of film. I will go um, – I'd go seven because I think it's a, a good – again, when I watched this as a kid, not knowing what the show was, I liked it and I think it does hold up as a good musical film. Um, but quality of life, it's a hard one because on one hand, this was a big part of my theater education. Um, but I also do have such a problem with how it kind of – the changes it made for film take away some of what made the musical a really powerful special thing. Um, mm-hmm. So quality of life, I'm going to go with a 7.75. Mm, okay. So I'm having a similar problem to you, mm. where, but it, it's where I actually can't separate quality of film and quality of life. Ah, I, um, I, I don't. I can't find find the difference in my mind. And I'll, all I know is that 
I discovered this film on my own and I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it with my mom and we both fell in love with it. And then I went and saw the stage production with my mom. We both loved that mm-hmm. as well. It's been the biggest part of my life growing up. And yeah. uh, if the most, if I have to think of the most formative film that like mm-hmm. kind of formed the way I look at movies, the way I enjoy movies, loving musicals, loving New York, yeah. loving the, the, lifestyle like uh, again like i said i don't have the tenacity in me to stick with this kind of work and like the the drive but i love people that do and i admire it and this is the first time that i experienced that through film so all that being said i have to go 10 and 10 that's fair (laughs) i it's this is one of my all-time favorite movies and i was just i'm just so happy that i get a chance to talk about it Yeah. yeah so 10 over 10 for me awesome one last thing about the movie that i have to bring up because christine's here um yeah we're talking about how, how like new york it is and how 1985 new york it is i do oh, like yeah. the ex the um the exterior shots yeah the exterior oh, that old you, open, you open yeah. on a shot of the twin towers for one thing mm, yeah and the other thing too did, did anybody notice what, what was playing on broadway like because they're showing all marquees of like what else which is something i always love in new york films because it dates it so much yeah like when you see that lame is awning and everything else but it was Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh, I saw oh. that. I did. I made it. I I had a list going for a while of movies I would rather be watching than this <laughs> one. And Glengarry Glen Ross was on it. <laughs> isn't I, that the Isn't that the worst thing when you're watching a movie and something in that movie reminds you of another movie <laughs> that you'd rather be watching? That's a problem. I hated the new Spider Man, the first new Spider Man yeah. that they did. That the the first one with what's his name and Andrew, who's he what? Andrew Andrew McCarthy. Yep. Um, Andrew yeah, Grover. We'll go with that. Um, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. The Grover Garfield. Whatever. Um, so uh, I hated that movie. And there's a scene like at the very beginning of it where um, he. It's a flashback when he was a little kid and he's running by the TV. And you know what was playing on that TV is Mad About You. <laughs> yes. Then through the whole movie, I just kept thinking like, God, I wish I was watching Mad About You. I love that show. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. So they have. Um, and another thing about this movie that I just thought of one last thought. Uh, oh, no, it's just that, I, you know, I, I have this rule whenever I'm on a podcast. It's kind of like a challenge to myself um, to try to mention Caroline in the City as much as I possibly can. And this oh. is such a good segue because the show Caroline in the City um, was her neighbor was in Cats. And so, like, when they they would rerun that show on, like, some cable network for a while. And it's just so funny seeing, like, them talk about cats every week when that hasn't been a thing in years. Yeah. But her her neighbor was, like, in a cat costume all the time going to work in, like, a big kitty cat costume. You want to hear something that's even better as far as a connection to Caroline in the City? Yeah, totally. Trivia, IMDb. Leia Thompson revealed in an interview with the Nerdist podcast that she was offered the role of Christine DeLuca, but turned it down to appear in Back to the Future. Oh, my God. Right? Right? I love a good Caroline in the City reference. There you go. There you go. Nothing better. All right. So that is A Chorus Line, which is not streaming anywhere, it would seem. If you Um, haven't seen it, I have a bootleg copy and I will drop it to you. There you go. I have a three disc, like I got like a box set where it's A Chorus Line, Hair, and The Lovely was all like, it was like American movie musicals. (laughs) I love those weird tenuous connections. Such a weird, I mean, it and Hair makes sense. The Lovely, a little less so. But um, it's it's hard to find. Like if you look on Amazon, it's like 50 bucks because I guess it just doesn't have a good release. Yeah, it was hard to yeah to to 
to get legally borrowed. Yeah, yeah. go to a Russian website and download it. You won't be sorry. <laughs> there you go. It's worth um, all the virus. So that was a course line. Um, we'll leave you with some Netflix recommendations. Do you guys have one? I do. Uh, I thought of one, but then I ooh. forgot. No, I got it again. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, do you want to go first, Christine? Yeah, sure. Since I think Jason needs to think of one. No, I have one. Oh, okay. Awesome. Oh, I can, I can go second then. No, go ahead, please. Okay. Um, so this is this is less a recommend and a more, oh, have you seen this? Let's talk about it. What was Ooh. even going on in this movie? So I finally saw the House of Wax remake. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Which I kind of like. I love what that is, movie. What is even happening in that movie? That oh, really pretty things. It's really Real cool interesting. It's a really interesting movie. I, I am not. I am not uh, against this film. I am not. I might not be pro, but okay. it was definitely something. I'm really glad I watched. Why do people not like this? I see. I feel like this is one that that people assume they don't like, but it's like, wait, have you seen it? They're like, no. And they're like, oh, watch it. And then they're like, no, that was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people that defend it, and I defend it. I, people I, were so eager to hate it because they came out in the in the. At the height of, we're going to remake every property we can get our hands on. Yeah. Um, we're going to cast WB actors back when it was a WB, not CW. Um, mm. And hey, let's put Paris Hilton in it. And you know what? All those things work in this movie. Yeah. I nope. mean, it. I, my main issues were with, they made interesting choices and stuff. And I was kind of like, I don't get, I don't get a lot of the choices. Mm-hmm. And also the effects, some of the effects don't sit well anymore this was, was um, it in 3d yep no. okay i saw it in 3d okay oh so that God. that may be that may have that, hurt it okay on so TV. but when spoiler alert that house of wax was melting um that looked so fucking cool yeah, oh. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so you know paris hilton was she's say what you will about people like Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian, but like a lot of time it takes intelligence to come off that stupid yeah. and brand yourself and like market yeah. your stu- your idiocy. And she did. And she realized she's like, you know what? People want to see me die. Yeah. I want to die really gruesomely. And they even put out t-shirts for the movie and she allowed them to, mm-hmm. that said, come watch Paris Hilton die. Yeah. Come see Paris Hilton get murdered. And so she realized, she's like, now this is what people want, and it's going to sell the film, so let's totally do it. Yeah, and I mean, I, def- I, I, I as an actress, I defend her, because I think she's fine in this. Yeah. She's really good in Repo. Mm, yeah. Like she's she's singing, and she she's perfect in oh, that Oh, yeah, movie. she is in that. Yeah, and she's so good in it. I had no idea what you were talking about. Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I'm sure you love, Christine. I can't stand that movie. I figured you can't. There you go. There's another one. It's yeah, just... I'm not, I'm a lot of, even people that like musicals, a lot of people are like, oh, but I hate Repo. Um, I feel like with Repo, like, I, I totally get anybody hating it, but I think it's a movie that does exactly what it was trying to do. Um, but she's really good in that. So. And it might be a matter of lowered expectations because you expect nothing and then she's passable. Right. So you're like, oh, she's really good. Yeah. But yeah, she's totally she's passable. No she's like, okay? She's no worse than a lot of horror movies that you'll watch, like actresses yes. in horror movies. She is totally passable and does yep. a good job. And her stalking and death scene is really tense. Yeah. It totally got me. I liked it. Um, and another thing about that movie, one thing that I really like about that movie it's that's unique. You know, Alicia Cuthbert is the woman in it um, from Happy Ending once again which you should watch currently streaming on hulu um but her character 
gets beat the fuck up. Yeah. And like yeah. she gets her lips glued shut and then she has to like rip them open. She gets the tip of her finger cut off. Cause usually the survivor girl in a movie, like they'll go through hell and they'll see their friends die and they kind of fall down every once in a while, but they're kind of pristine at the end yeah. of it. You know, there might be a little bitty trickle of blood out of nowhere, but her character gets just toe up and yeah. she is abused. And I mean, I don't want to see a woman abused in a movie, but I do like the fact it that goes they, there, yeah, yeah, it wasn't afraid to like if something horrible like this happened, she's gonna have a lot of bad damage mm-hmm. done. And Fun that's exactly fact what about happened. this movie that I didn't know. I'm curious because I'm looking. I'm like, now who directed it? The dude who directed motherfucking Orphan. Oh, yeah, see, we we realized that we were watching it. Yeah, I never knew that, but it makes sense because Orphan's really good. And isn't the guy in the movie is that Patrick Swayze's brother? The guy in the movie is the main, the main, the bad guy. The, yeah. The House of Wax guy is, he plays Bobby in um, Cougar Town. Um, oh my Courtney God, Cox, that's him. Courtney Cox's ex-husband. And it was bothering me the whole fucking movie. What do I know this guy from? So I go scrolling through his IMDb. I'm like, no, I wouldn't remember him from an episode of Jag. No, no, no. And I'm about to close IMDb and say like, oh, well, you don't really recognize him. And then I see Cougar Town. I almost like flipped a table. I was so excited. <laughs> didn't realize un- it was that dude. Unrecognizable. Wow. You're yeah. right. And there is the scene where Chad Michael Murray takes his like tank top off and he has that like V line down and his jeans hanging really low. That worked for me too back in 2006 or whatever. <laughs> Different time. <laughs> yep, exactly. So yeah, I totally love that movie. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. So mine is a little more heady and uh, thought provoking. Oh, um, hey. just, just landed on Netflix um, uh, at the beginning of January, I think is uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin. <gasps> oh, you <gasps> son of a love bitch. It. That's mine. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. We are best friends. I, I got Emily you a Dolly Parton s- bag. Emily right. and I saw it together we did. before I left New York. We oh, did. nice. So I, this I, is a very I, bittersweet really, movie for me. Year and dear. Yeah. I love our um, synchronicity. That's amazing. Emily. Because <laughs> uh, we've mentioned this before that we ended up getting each other the exact same Christmas gift one yeah. year. And now we have the same. We pick the same movie, but uh, we need to talk about Kevin. is is really dark. I when I it's one of those movies. Watching it, I didn't completely enjoy it for a while. It took me a while to fall into the rhythm of the movie because there it, are it's str- a very time jumpy movie. Yeah, strange weird. flashbacks yeah. and like the the lighting and like it was very disjointed. And I actually don't like Pulp Fiction because of that. I don't like that type of storytelling usually. Where you know it can be annoying if it's not done for like a thematic reason i think exactly and even some tv shows try to do it sometime and i'm like no just tell me a yeah. fucking story don't like jump around and try to make me put it, it pieces of a puzzle feels together like they're trying very hard <laughs> to be fancy yeah and that's usually what it is but in this one it actually it worked for me yeah. and it, it's uh, because it was um, a good mystery that was revealed at the end you think you know what's going on and you get a little bit more and more pieces to the puzzle as to why a character will do things like I'll give one example in the movie when the the woman at the uh, the main character Tilda Swinton right 
Yeah. Tilda Swinton is buying groceries and the clerk just glares at her and then smashes her eggs. And Tilda Swinton goes home and makes an omelet with broken eggs and then just picks the shells out. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? This doesn't make any sense. And then later it completely does. So it actually does do a really good job at going back and making you understand why she acts the way she does, why people act the way toward her, Mm -hmm. why she acts the way she does towards her son, et cetera, et cetera. I really like that movie. And not to mention the guy who plays um, Kevin is a beautiful, androgynous angel. He is is neat. He's on a great episode of Law and Order SVU that you should totally watch. Of course. Is there a gay twist to that episode? Oh, no, it's even better. Um, The whole episode is, uh, it's great because it involves like, um, Susie Kurtz is a corrupt judge. Oh, I love but her. But what's better is he plays like a kid who's like helping in the investigation, basically, because it's like his best friend is the one that's like in trouble. So he's like, "No, I'll do anything." And early in, in the show, like they establish that he's like an actor, like he's in the School Musical, he's in Guys and Dolls, and then later they have him act. So oh. it's a great episode. Everybody should nice. Watch. Well, he was in uh, Trainwreck, and he's just beautiful oh, yeah, he to was. look. He's there just are a beautiful lot of... to look at. You know what else too? I don't know if you know. He is out he, he is gay oh, yeah. and he is he talks about it and he's very open about it he is the male version of like ruby rose you know the one from orange is the new yeah. black he's just like beautiful and androgynous men can love him women mm-hmm. can love him he's just gorgeous and he was but on top of that really good actor he was amazing yeah. in this oh, movie so and sold this character and made yeah. you understand so i highly recommend that movie so emily you think of a new one uh, no, I'm just going to second that. And say okay, that. Good. I, You know what? You know, it's also on Amazon Prime. So it's like, hey, no matter what your hey. platform is, you can watch it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it, it is not an easy watch. It is not a like, eh, what do you want to do? Oh, let's put it on the background and, and do stuff. Because um, it is, it's really disturbing. I think if, it, this is a movie that hit me in a certain way. Because like, I don't have kids. Um, and this is a movie that almost is like, yeah, like not like, oh, this is why I'm not having kids. Because I think my son is going to grow up and do stuff um but there is something that it really hits about whether or not you really want children and the idea that you could have a child and that child knows that you don't want it right i think is so disturbing and something that i can like uh, that i can really relate to and be scared of well Um, it's Oh, it's like this meme that's going around. I, I saw this on like some stupid Christian friend's website or Facebook page, and it said like, um, you know, why hasn't cancer been cured? Like, oh, the baby was killed, and why haven't we done this? And the baby was killed. It's all about like abortion, like the things that didn't happen. Like we might have had some person, some baby would grow up to fucking cure, cure cancer, cancer sure. but that baby was killed. But I'm also like, yeah, well, maybe there was another baby Hitler that was right, killed, right. and like, you can't you can't speak in the negative. And that's what this is about. Like this kid, yeah. you never know what you're gonna get when you get a kid. Right, and especially he- if so much of it is. Deep down, she was not, she did not want this child. Right. She realized it too late. And whether, you know, she was doing everything right as far as we could see, but this baby knew. Somehow this child knew that this was wasn't supposed to happen but also she could have wanted that child more than anything in the world and i think the same thing could have happened it's very possible yeah, yeah. my friend tina sea monster told me one time that every parent thinks that their child is going to grow up and murder them like that's uh, every single parent's <laughs> seems like biggest a really fear. safe way to live your life actually as a parent. <laughs> yeah and this movie just hits that hits that on yeah. the head yeah so and it's definitely. also a re- visually it's a fascinating movie yeah great colors yep. in the film yeah so 
Go cheer yourself up and watch me need to talk about Kevin. True. Yeah. Now, Christine, do you have any idea what, because it's your free range for the next episode. Do you know what you'd like to watch? Well, I know we had talked about um, doing Dark Places. Oh, we had. That's right. And I would like to watch it. Awesome. This will make me watch it. Okay. But I, I don't know. I haven't thought of anything for it, the companion piece. All right. Well, what is Dark Places? It is, is another movie? adaptation of a Gillian Flynn novel who wrote Gillian Flynn who did Gone Girl. Oh, okay. With Charlize Theron and this ridiculously amazing cast. And it seemed to have gone straight to video. Oh, interesting. It had, like, really limited theatrical. I don't yeah. know what happened. And the cast is, like, it's, what, it's like Charlize Theron. The cast is nuts. I can't remember who a um, lot of them are, but... Oh, Nicholas Holt, I think. Yeah, it's it's a really really good cast. Christina Hendricks, like it's an amazing cast, and Donald Gleason, like in everything else. Actually, yep. no, he would have made sense because it's about a redheaded family. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but anyway, point being, it's on Amazon Prime, so. Yeah. Oh right. God, I remember this movie. Yeah, the trailer. This is one of those movies. The trailer, where the trailer was terrible. Yeah, and it kind of gave away gave everything. Away everything. Oh, I didn't. I didn't look at the trailer. The trailer was just la- like if I hadn't read the book, I was laughing at the trailer. I'm like, this just yeah. looks like a really bad Lifetime movie. But Corey Stoll is in it, so that's a big sell. Yeah, it's a really good cast. But I don't know. I just yeah. don't know. So Christine, right. think of what you'd like to pair it with. It's entirely shall. your choice. For I subjected you to two dance musicals. I shall pick something, something that you'll enjoy, Aww. because I'm a nice person. Because you're better than me, I see. Yep. Have you guys done Prisoners yet? We haven't. Ooh, that might be a good choice. I'll What's just throw prisoners? it out. The one with uh, Wolverine <laughs> and, Jackman. yeah, oh. and Brokeback Jake Mountain. Dylan Hall. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Wolverine and Brokeback Mountain. Wolverine yeah. <laughs> that you're really speaking my language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Think about it. We will. Now, Jason, if people want to learn more about you and be your best friend and follow you, should they go somewhere or should they just fantasize? Uh, they can always go to Twitter. I'm, I've been on Twitter for years. I actually just celebrated my eight-year Twitter anniversary, Ooh. my Twitterversary. What is and your Twitter I'm, handle for those who don't uh, know? Fozzie Bear, F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. Pun. Yep, and uh, Christine is one of the only people that regularly tweets me back. Aww. So thank Pun. you for hanging on. <laughs> Of course, you're you're a wonderful Twitter presence. Yeah, even though we're on Facebook and Facebook is a lot more prolific and kind of easier to handle, I love that you're still hanging on to Twitter. <laughs> I like we're, Twitter. We're gonna white knuckle that shit until the very end. Right it to the end. Yep. Yep. Right until the wheels too fall old off. For Twitter, like I, I post something or somebody posts something, I respond. I forget about it. And like hours later, it's like nobody. It's it's in the past, man. It doesn't matter anymore. The time, True. the timeliness factor is a problem for me. With yeah, if you get the notifications on your phone, you can respond more readily. But just remembering to check it, mm-hmm. it'll never happen. Yeah, it's a problem. But d- definitely go if you're on Twitter. Come follow me. I want more fun. Dude, followers. He's very funny. Thank you. Yeah, you're a delight. Not just because is... you're the same person as me and Christine in different ways. <laughs> right? <laughs> I am a good amalgam of the two. Right? Of you. True. And we'll be hanging out within uh, what five weeks? Hey, good time. Yes. I think it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Texas really invasion. Excited. Yeah. Be we'll be times. in Austin. I'm super excited. Are we going to go to, do you think we'll have time to go to the Alamo Draft House? I don't know. And we'll make it happen. We can we'll try. have time to do everything. Yes. Awesome. All right, folks. If please come to Facebook and share your thoughts on the episode and on dancing and whatever else. Um, we're at Twitter at Feminine Podcast. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay. I forgot that sometimes. Uh, and at Facebook, just type in the Feminine Critique. You'll find us. Oh, and something I've really been meaning to say. On the stocking stuffer episode, this is why I can't do solo episodes. The one where I talked about Once Upon a Holiday, 
I mistakenly called the dude an architect instead of a real estate agent. And it didn't make sense because I'm like, Did the he calls went, roll in after that? No, it, it, I was like listening to it one day. I'm like, what the hell? Like, of course the switchboard is as, lighting up. The whole thing, I'm like, of course there's such a thing as architecture school. But no, because it's all about real estate. So if anybody was like, Emily's an idiot who doesn't know about architecture school. No, I know that's a thing. I was wrong. <laughs> I have to commend you on hosting. I could never host a show solo. Even when I used to do my old podcast, I started out, I had a co-host. Andy was my co-host. She holds it down. It's you just do. only when I can talk about something something like a Christmas movie where I have a lot to say about it. Yeah, and you did a great job. I highly oh, recommend if oh. people haven't listened to those episodes, go back. They're really impressive. Oh, but you're kind. when Andy was, wasn't available to even co-host while I was interviewing somebody, while I was talking to somebody else, I would get scared and sometimes I'd cancel just oh. having to talk to one other person. You doing it solo is fantastic. Oh, well well thank done. You. I, I, I love I, those. Things. I prefer the company of, of my lady, but. Yeah. Oh, I uh, totally understand. Who wouldn't? Exactly. Oh, gosh, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. So that was the big show. We thank you for listening. Um, and whatever you do, don't put on the red shoes. No. Don't do it. Shut up.